Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Hi, everyone. Morning Combat in studio. Brian Campbell shit his pants. It's that it's not kind true. of a win. It's not true. I mean, there's, there's no basis in that. You know? Fake news to start the day. Hey, everyone, we're back in studio. Look at this. Ready to have a show today. We're going to get to some Bellator previewing, some UFC previewing, some questions about John Jones and whether he should have some wins restored and no, not the Matt Hamill kind, plus a whole lot more. Um, Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell. Jersey I love City. this show. I love doing this show in person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the energy just, oh, you can cut it with a knife, as Gorilla Monsoon used to say. You know? Gorilla Monsoon, yeah, yes. Yeah, the tension between I, us, you know. I took, I took you to see gorillas at the zoo over the weekend. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Tell her uh, Tio Gringo says hi. Tio right? Gringo says hi. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we have a fun show planned, so thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Let's see. Showtime, label that pays, showtime.com. I love Showtime. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they're, they they're, they're great well. people. They're, they got great content. They got Kamal Bell's Cosby doc series. Which you can get if you sign up for Showtime. Yeah. That is available. So showtime.com, start your 30-day free trial. You can see BC. When are you doing Showbox again? Uh, there will be a Showbox card in April, but I'll be on vacation. You know, it happens. Oh, it happens. You know, it happens. It happens. It happens. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a big pay-per-view in April that I'll also be on vacation for, but it happens, Luke. You know Wait, I mean? you're missing both of them? I, you know, I don't have to, you know, just declare this publicly if I don't want to. But You, you just know, did. Am I, you know, am I allowed to take care of my family? You know? <laughs> At the expense of careers, I guess so, yeah. Um, so there's that. Let's see. You can email the show, morningcombat at gmail.com. And uh, we got merch. BC's wearing some yeah, merch. Yeah, what do you think I'm about this drug rug on me and 2023 what do you think what do you think um would you say you look like my hair would you pull me a rod stewart and say i wear it well or what no right. <laughs> no right. uh, i'd say you wear it like a boy look at your eyes i mean how many gummies are sitting in the your this is, your this is, barriga right the, now? I, dude i've still not recovered from two weeks of travel yeah dude we would i, I did i yeah, this is you? not a, these are not gummy eyes these are just doughy like bag dude, eyes you know bc is normally pretty quiet on our off days we don't really have if you do I mean, we're not asking for sympathy but if you do this line of work there really there's really no such thing as a true off day it's kind of hard to get and BC is normally fairly quiet on off days, but you know, hey BC, look at this thing I need you to look at, or you yeah. know, sign this document, or whatever. He'll do it. Yesterday, bro, it was like trying to try to pull 
the sword from the stone, man. I mean, my man was you know I was radio silent. I was being a dad. I was being a husband, and you know what? You I, were being a zombie. I had a moment. I know you were people. Being a I know piece the of trash. the true MMA uh, hardcore Luke Thomas fans are gonna get angry and be like, another ten minute intro. What are we gonna call this this show? T M O M K. I mean, just ten minutes, just straight up the top. But that's my best material early. One of my best moments as a father happened yesterday. Okay? Oh, what happened? So as you know, Creed Three is coming out March third. Oh, that's right. And yes. it looks badass to begin with, but. I saw the preview in the theater with my wife and kids, and it was so powerful that I convinced them to watch it in 3D IMAX when it comes out with me. But to get there, I've got a dad journey to take the kids on, which is the first six Rocky movies and the, the two creeds to get ready for this, right? And, you know, we've debated publicly on this. Should, should I go right to Rocky 3 and 4 because it just punches you right in your 80s hole and it's just awesome? Or do I start, you know, day one? Because, like, if you were showing Tukey Star Wars, you wouldn't be like, and here's the Phantom Menace and here's Watto. You'd probably be like, Tukey, here's episode four. Like, just let your, your love and your heart fester. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We watched Rocky one together. How'd it go? Smash. Dude, that I mean, movie won an Oscar. Like, it's, I mean, it's a I great movie. I forgot how emotional. I cried. I cried at the end. I was, I was weeping movie. at the end. And you know what's interesting about it? Okay, so the kids thought it was too long, too slow, which they're right for 1970s dramatic films compared to like anything since then, right? They're right about that. Yeah. They love the ending. They love the fight sequence. They love that in the end. They're tied in. They're ready for Rocky two. I forgot, like you mentioned, it's not that I forgot that this is actually the best movie of the series. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows it won an Oscar. But I forgot how gritty. And it's John Avildsen who did the Karate Kid films and some 1970s Philadelphia is fucking gritty as hell. Just like deliberately gritty and zoomed in on every part of the process of getting ready for a big fight and the broken family. The scene where he goes on the big run, much of that they had no license for. Oh, they had no budget either. And they had, they were just doing it in actual markets and getting real reactions and then piecing all of that together. And that's not counting the backstory of Stallone going to bat and, you know, putting out ultimatums that he had to star in it if he was going to sell the script to somebody. But what what I realized, and I hadn't had this thought before, because if you ask me, BC, what's your favorite rock movie? I'm like, dude, come on. It's either three or four. Really, and it is because they're just, they're just, they are. I feel like you elevate three a little bit more dude, than most. Not four, but three you do a little bit. Three is a, is the, is the hardest hitting movie they have. In just terms of like. Kids don't understand One Mr. amazing T. scene after, it's Hulk Hogan, it's Mr. T, it's trash talk, it's this, it's that. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Those sequences when Rocky was champ and he's knocking everybody <laughs> out to the body and those like montages, incredible. But what I'd forgotten was, because one is not just the best movie of the franchise, we know that. But if the rest of them had never existed, we would talk about one like we talk about Taxi Driver and like all these other like great 70s, True. gritty, epic masterpieces. The 1970s are some of the, is some of the best era of, of movie making ever. Yeah, from The Godfathers through all the neo-noir classics. Uh, but dude, it's like how much has the rest of the franchise and the it's taken over the, the lexicon of pop culture? It's really like watered down how great that first film was. Yeah, we're so we're very far from that. But Michael B. Jordan is making good movies. Yeah, he's directing this one. It'd be interesting. Is that right? Yeah. Did, didn't the guy who did Black Panther do the first Creed? Ryan Coogler, is that right? I believe that's right, like, some, yeah. Some, some, some kind I still of haven't seen the second Creed all the way, and I hear it's bad. Is it bad? What is it? Uh, it's, it's the, okay, so the first Creed is good. It's good. It's what you expect. It's, it's good. It's, what you, it's, it's good. what you would hope for. for My, Michael know? B. Jordan is very good. Um, movie second movie second movie was not as it, it actually performed okay in the end, but it definitely was not. It couldn't follow up. Yeah. The, the, uh, by the way, I did see the second Wakanda. Uh, I saw Wakanda Forever finally. What'd you think? Good movie. 
Very good movie, but... You wouldn't go great for the second one. Here's the problem, and this is the thing I said. They had an impossible task. They had to move on from the the, the Black Panther. The yes. movie's called fucking Black Panther. They had to move on from Black Panther, and then they had to elevate the little sister into something that she was never intended to be. Yep. They needed a whole movie to make that switch, and uh, it's difficult to do that. It's difficult to do So that. for someone like me who has no context of the rest of that genre, because I don't really like that genre... Yeah, the genre filled with those people... No, uh, <laughs> comic strip movies come to life. Superhero movies, um, it, outside of Star Wars, but uh, it was uh, it was an incredible watch. But dude, real quick, back to it. Yeah. Um, no surprise though that when Rocky's visiting the pet store like sixty times before he finally asks uh, Adrian out, only he doesn't actually ask her out. Paulie sets it up in a weird matchmaking move. The kids were checking out quick, dude. That's a Rocky one is slow as balls. Yeah, well, the kids, you know, it's a TikTok generation, but uh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie if you can Thank finish you. it. This is a great show, too, if we would ever start it. We just get going, yeah. which we never seem to do. Um, but that's it for us on the beginning here. Is there anything else we have to get to? No, that's it. All right, no so, AG1, no Miracle Power. No, no, not that I'm aware of. Right. Not that I'm aware of. All right, so BC, uh, let's get to it here. Bellator actually has... Well, the card itself, it's in Ireland, which means it's a card that's going to be built around that particular nation's demographic and its needs and its expectations and around some of its talent. However, at the top... And by the way, that doesn't mean it's all bad. It, it could be... Plenty of good, in fact. I'm just pointing out it's not one of their cards in San Jose, for example. We're not on CBS in that sort of grander sense. But Bellator 291 has maybe the most intriguing main event for Bellator, I'd argue, in some time. It's the rematch. Yaroslav Amosov is back, and he's taking on Logan Storley. You'll recall Logan Storley defeated MVP. He has the interim strap uh, because Amosov has been away. And I don't want this to spill over into everyone's political dimensions about the war in the Ukraine, but excuse me, the war in Ukraine. But Amosov is Ukrainian, and he did um, contribute to his nation's war fighting efforts in very dangerous situations, which pulled him away from fighting. This is his return. He has not fought since 2021. BC, the odds makers have Amosov as a minus 165, Storley as a plus 140. You could not argue that these guys are in the same positions that they were when they no. the first time. They're, both of them have grown up yeah. and gone in different directions. How do you assess what either guy actually has to bring to the table when it comes time to close the cage in Dublin on well, Saturday? It's a difficult question that you ask because the true allure of this fight is what we don't know. What we do know is they made a great first fight a couple years ago. I mean, we called it in the moment one of the best fights in Bellator history, which is crazy because it wasn't a drag-out brawl. It wasn't a title fight, but it was two unbeaten guys meeting at the right time. It felt like John Jones versus Ryan Bader, that people forget that that was like a crossroads moment early, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of like two bright prospects on there. Only this one wasn't one-sided. It turned out to be a fantastic fight. But Logan Sterling, who, who, you know, he had to get through a lot to get here. He almost lost in his homecoming with Dante Shiro. I thought he lost against Michael Venom Page. It comes down to your judging on the, on the criteria there. Either way, he's here, and he has elevated his game. His striking is still not perfect. It's still not the perfect equal to what he does on the ground. But he's a much more confident and willing striker than where he was the first time around when he nearly edged Amosov. But, you know, you're saying, what do they have to do? There are so many questions around Yaroslav Amosov right now because— I mean, like, sports don't matter when things like that happened. And it happened in his home country. And he wasn't, like, you know, drafted into conflict, Luke. It was like there was no other choice, right? You know, it, there's this incredible video that Showtime put out, uh, an interview with him, Luke. I think we have some some footage of it, do we not? Yeah. Uh, essentially having Amosov go back to Ukraine and tell his story about uh, about it 
the, the, the conflict breaking out, him having to find shelter for his wife and child, and then him just turning back around after driving 36 hours with no sleep and going right back onto the front lines. Mentally, physically, we have no idea what that does to him or what he has seen. And I mean, I urge everyone to check this out on, on Showtime's um, Showtime Sports YouTube page, but just a detailed look into exactly where his mind is at and what he went through. Luke, what do they have to do in the cage? Uh, what can we actually expect from Yaroslav Amosov here? I think that that question trumps anything, you know, technique, X's and O's. It, it wasn't, he wasn't wounded in battle, no, battle no. but two years away at the highest level and the potential emotional toll of what he seen, saw and went through. Dude, I have no idea how to handy, handicap this rematch. Well, John Jones is back, so he makes this argument not true. But before he, uh, let's say he was still fully retired, and you were asking, like, who's got the best record among undefeated fighters in MMA? Amosov had a case for it. He's 26-0, and 0, right? That's where we, he, he's sitting yeah, at. he has the longest win streak in MMA at the moment. Yeah, a, a winning streak, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is 26-0. Uh, and 0. He's 29 years of age. Yeah. 29. So we don't talk enough. In, in, in 29. What, so do you want very quickly to answer the question, which is, what is it going to do? I have to tell you, you losing two years can't be great. They wouldn't recommend that as part of a proper development. So there's no doubt in my mind there's going to be some cost to be paid there. But this guy is enormously talented. There's not a doubt in my mind he's going to look better than he did the last time. I think it's going to be a problem for Logan Storley. That's interesting. And, and I don't want to question that from the standpoint of of, of doubting Amoslav's talent, but you, you expect him to even be better than he was the first time. So do you There's see... Yeah, I think he'll be much better. Yeah. Uh, it's just how much will, you know, will this be such a... Re Sports can be a break. It can be a relief from what's going on in real life, you know? I mean, how many people sat around a radio because they had to see listen to who won Lewis Schmeling too when it was like basically World War II playing out in a, in a boxing ring, or at least that's the way the, the build was was meant to be. I was mentioning the Brett Favre game right after his father died on Monday Night Football where he's just throwing darts out there left and right and not really worrying about those public funds, Luke, and what they were meant for in uh, Mississippi. I mean, you know, it's a tough situation to bring up right now. But um, my point is this, ultimately. People from that genre of movies you don't like. <laughs> my point is this, ultimately, I mean, and we already know Amoslav's mentally, Amosov is mentally tough to be at this point and everything he's gone through. But can this be enough of a proper positive distraction for him? And what, you know, if you're an athlete during wartime and you're sort of representing your nation in moments like this, do you feel like this will ultimately elevate him, or are you just talking about, hey, he's been gone two years, but but he's good and he's great enough. He's been working on his skills. You actually expect him he to be better. He wasn't undefeated by accident. He didn't win the title by accident. He um, isn't one. He, he, he's a four-time, I think, combat sambo world champion, right? He has tons of amateur experience in that. If you want to call that a sort of a de facto amateur system for those guys from that part of the world. And he has been training in Thailand as well as ATT, even though he's been gone for some time. There's just not a doubt in my mind he'll be better whatsoever. I'm not saying that there's not a cost to be paid for missing that amount sure. of time, but that doesn't mean that how, all that means is you're paying a tax from whatever other progress you were able to make. It, it, it sort of keeps it from getting away what it once was. That doesn't mean you can't be better. And it also doesn't mean you can't be better than Logan Storley. However, we should talk about the first fight, BC. Well, I just wonder if the experience will will empower him. It, may, you, it sounds like you believe it will. I think it will. No, I think it, I, I don't, I don't think it will be catastrophic for him in any way. I don't, I just don't buy that. Um, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. But, I, that would seem very much out of character. Like none of his success. When you watch him fight, it's not like when these guys. It's like how did this guy get twenty wins, or how did this guy get an undefeated record, or whatever the case. 
when you watch his resume, there's not there's not a lot of fat on it, man. At least uh, the more uh, certainly through Bellator, he he and you watch the tape, like he's the genuine article. He's very very good. He's also young. Losing that amount of time, 27 to 29, can't be great. But, A, he's going to be, I guess, in some sense, probably a little bit fresh. And more to that point, his development was already going to – he's too good to not get better. Yeah, but you're still not addressing essentially the thing I keep trying to bring up to you, the mental tax of having gone through yes, what and he I've just said, went through. Yes, and I've said there's no way that that can't have some cost. It must. Yeah, but I wonder if he can empower it, if he can use it as fuel here to, to be a representative of his homeland in such a big spot here. I mean, it'll be in front of – we have to say the Dublin backdrop for this, even though it has nothing to do with Ukraine yeah. or anything directly to, to Amoslav, it's arguably the best fan base in the world. And we've seen that when Bellator has done some shows there where, I mean, dude, it's like game seven of the World Series type of atmosphere in there. Yeah, it's crazy. So they're some of the best fans on earth. I um, I suspect that Amoslav will be a more sympathetic character to the Irish than Logan Storley, but one never knows. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you're, you're asking about some kind of like romantic storyline here. I don't, I don't know. I would imagine that these kinds of events would, pro anybody who's that good can use anything to get them better. True. Right. These guys are just, they're very, very good at, you know, taking sources of Before motivation. Before you break down this matchup, I think it's fair to say, like, we don't talk about his record enough. I know you referenced it coming up 26 and 0, and I know there's still a lot of people who are like, yeah, Habib was 29 and 0, but who'd he fight before the UFC? And it's like, I don't subscribe to that when you, there's so many ways you can lose in this game. And Habib did such greatness at the, at the top level for as long as he was there. Dude, 29-0 from Habib is insane. How insane is the fact that Amosov can extend to 27-0 and here and be two away if he beats Storley a second time? I mean, like— It's nuts. It's, a, it's the same kind of thing when Floyd retired after beating, coming back and beating McGregor and he's 50-0. You know, it's like, what do you really do with that? It's perfect. It's amazing. But, like, what does it really mean? What does Amosov and Habib's win streaks actually mean? For a guy this young to have this many fights and to have uh, – and some of them were close, certainly. He had – by the way, he beat Roberto Soldich, who was the big signing for one. He got kicked in the ball, so it didn't end up being anything. But he is a very, very good fighter of KSW. Amosov beat him. Uh, go through some of the other names here. Gerald Harris, Eric Silva, David Rickles, Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth is arguably one of the top, top, top ten best wrestlers in American college ever. Independent of weight class, Amosov beat him as well. Logan Storley, Douglas Lima. I mean, it goes on and on. If you're that young and you're that active and you're that good, you are the real deal Holyfield. That's exactly what that means. So, like, to me, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure how other ways to say it, BC, but um, none, of, none, none of this is accidental. Yeah. But I'm saying it's it's you have to realize how impressive that is. No matter who he's fought, yeah. you're saying he actually fought you know stiff competition to get to this point. It's crazy it, impressive. Someone's going to say, so what does it mean relative to had he spent some time in UFC? Well, again, he's 29 years old. It's not like he's and he's missed two years, so 27. He he basically got here through age 27, so he could still even do that and have. We'll see how he would do. I, I don't know if he's the best welterweight on earth in a world where Kamaru Usman exists, where uh, Leon Edwards exists, obviously, as, as the champion. So they, where they're, it's very difficult to say how he would do against them. But it used to be a little bit more valuable to be one of these guys who could go to some of their smaller shows, beat their top guys, and then over time, like Eddie Alvarez, when he was called the Underground oh, King, yeah. that's kind of what he did a little bit. Um, I don't think this being the, the champion for Bellator makes you the Underground King, but it gives you some kind of title where, you know, is he beating the consistently best guys every single fight? No, but the amount of quality, the amount of volume, and the amount of dominance 
it just is, it's not, a, it's not an accident. Nothing about yeah. that is accident. And he has decent tattoos. Look, you got to give him that. I haven't seen them up close. Let's talk about the first fight very quickly, BC. Three rounds, split decision. Douglas Crosby turning into 29-28, by the way, for Amasov, which was the right scorecard. So I was going to say he turned into an actual sane one there. there was, you could have gone either way. A lot of single leg attacks from Logan Storley. Logan Storley losing, I thought, the first two rounds, getting outstruck, but Amosov kind of fading a little bit in the third, getting his back taken, almost rear naked choked. Sure. BC, Logan Storley changed. Well, first I referenced it earlier. I, I think the confidence in his striking has grown, which is key. I, I, I lead with confidence because, look, I don't think it's fully formed, right? What would you say about the striking effort Lauren, that Logan Storley put up against Neiman Gracie for five rounds? I mean, it was, he ended up using it to win, but. When he's functional, when it's functional, when he's forced to rely on it, can he win certain fights with it? Yes, but it's not fully to the level where he can lean on it. But I will say it seems significantly better than since it, what, where it was in that first matchup. At the very least, yes. I've seen him grow in that. Look, he's not going to be MVP under any circumstance unless he's a, unless he's a certain level of threat on the feet along with the with the problems that he brings in wrestling, and that's ultimately how the judges scored him in that interim title fight. But I think you know the confidence is really key for Logan Storley because he's got such a great side to his attack in terms of the wrestling, and he knows the areas where he could have success. Obviously, when we're talking Amosov and the rematch, it could very much cancel each other out. But he is in a better place to, to win this. But I think the second time around, I still don't favor him. I think Amosov is the better fighter in this case. It really just comes down to... How much does the two years matter? And, you know, what's the fight going to look like this time around now that they know this much about each other? But, you know, the basis of your question is where's Storley now compared to then? Much more confident in a much better spot. I didn't think he'd be MVP, but having gone through that process, dude, that lifts you to another level. He's, he's, he's dodged some bullets. I mean, he almost lost in South Dakota. He probably maybe he could have lost against right. Dante Shiro. Here's the bigger part to me, though. The one thing that I do worry about with Amosov relative to his uh, chances to win here is that I actually feel like Logan Storley's gotten better as a fighter. I really do believe that. And he's obviously a phenomenal wrestler, always has been, always probably will be. Um, but I don't think he's developed a ton in the striking department since their first fight. I think he's better, certainly cleaner mechanics, better fakes and feints, better shot selection. More willing to use it. More willing to use it, but it's not a devastating part of his game. Uh, and I still think Amosov can be better in that sense. However, however, what has Logan Storley taken advantage of that Amosov simply could not, which is time in the octagon. Tough yeah. fights that have gone the distance, uh, whether it was against Gracie, whether it was against MVP, gutting it out, finding a way to win, even when it was very, very difficult and hard to do. Meaning he's ready, you know, no doubt about it, five rounds. Amosov looked to me like he was fading a little bit in the second round against Storley and then definitely faded in the third. So it's like, could Amosov be much better for the first two rounds? Yes. But if you can't put him away and you've got one guy who can just fucking grind the way that Storley can, that also is a problem yeah. when you've been off for two plus years. That's absolutely true. The two plus years thing in a, in a lot of categories can't be overlooked. You know, five round stamina, you, you can't always just... I mean, you can sometimes. You can just earn that in camp. You can get, you can acquire that. But sometimes it's, it takes being busy and being regularly in the gym to keep that up and keep that going on that level. Uh, key question: Would you be more surprised if Amosov came back and it didn't look like the two years happened at all, and he won easier against Storley? No. Or would you be more surprised if he struggled in some very obvious ways that a two-year break could bring? I'd be, I'd be more surprised if he struggled. Um, candidly, uh, you know, again, the question is. Uh, how much better will he be than the last time out? I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I'm admitting, like, I uh, can't quite. It's hard for me to say. 
The idea that he will look at the same or worse to me seems highly implausible unless he's got some kind of injury or other kind of physical condition he's not revealed. I, I would be very surprised to see that. Okay, okay. Um, are there areas in Storley's game that he that you think he may be able to surprise us because it's been a constant string of improving, gaining confidence, surviving close fights? The thing I think it's going to be different for him is um, if if it is true that a guy like Amosov is going to gas, you just have to make him work, right? And so you can do it whatever way you want. In the first fight, he had big problems getting the single leg to finish. He tried a bunch of different ones that didn't work, and then his major switch was he would go for the single, and then the instant that Amosov put his hands to defend, he would switch to the knee tap and run him over, and it actually worked. That actually was when, that was when things went well. Amosov bases out. Storley takes the back. That's the other part, too. Work from his back. Dude, we've seen this. Like, what's a lesson you could take from Makachev and Volkanovsky? Whether you like the rule, whether you don't like the rule, whether you like the enforcement or whatever, whatever position you take, it is hard to argue against the idea that if you could take someone's back with the body triangle and you did reasonably well enough beforehand, dude, the round is yours. They won't stand you up. They won't separate you. You don't have to do a lot. Work from the back. You can work from the back and transition to other kinds of forms of, uh, you know, uh, almost like turtle position uh, stuff for ground and pound. It, it's a very valuable position to hold. He got that in the first fight in the third round with a decent choke. Yeah. Get right back to it. Get right back to it. You mean even if he's getting stuffed, just keep shooting, brother, right? You got to you got to wear this guy out. Like Jair Bolsonaro, just keep just, just keep, keep shooting. Well, who is Jair Bolsonaro? Is this a soccer thing? Just like <laughs> like Niedermeyer or like the other Brazilian stars. I don't I'm not into that game, Luke, okay? Yeah, yeah, dude. I know my lane, all right? Yes, Jair Bolsonaro, famous soccer player. Does famous. he play for uh Baiega or uh Yes, Baiega. Oh, wait, where's mm -hmm. Luke? Where's Big Lou? He's a big Siri uh racist fan. That's right. He is he <laughs> That's true. He does like racist soccer. Jair Bolsonaro is the former president of Brazil. Yeah. No, you're, you're coming from a standpoint that, you know, hey, peasant idiot, you should have known that. Uh, really? <laughs> really, Luke? Yeah, it's it's the world's, uh, what, fifth largest economy. It's That's fair. That's very. Do you know Bangladesh is a top 10 population hub in this world? Yeah, got some overcrowding problems there. Yep. Mm -hmm, really sure. puts the bang in the title, right? I don't think they thought of that when they made the name, but that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BC, anything else on the card? Grab your attention. I will say Pedro Carvalho taking on Jeremy Kennedy. Kennedy slightly favored as it stands. He's won three or four. He has. Since uh, coming to Bellator. And, and also, he's obviously working with Eric Nixick. He, but the only issue has been he's got good grapple. He's got great wrestling. Very good control. There's What he shows you, everything looks great. Sure. But there hasn't been a lot of danger added to that in terms of ground and pound or like, you know, really great submission opportunities. I would like to see him ratchet it up a little bit. I agree with you. I mean, look, what what do you take from his Aaron Pico win? You can't take a ton, not right? much, or anything. I, I mean, mean his arm fell out pretty pretty good. Yeah, Kennedy did what he was supposed. It was the win he had before that, actually. Um, that was the better of the two. Well, this fight is about the run that Kennedy's on, and is he ready to become a legitimate contender for that featherweight title? Having a guy across from him, Pedro Carvalho, seems to be the right test for that. I just don't. We just don't know how much we can take from the Pico performance or exactly where Kennedy is at. But look, he's 30 the, years old. It's the Emmanuel Sanchez fight. That was the one. Yes. He completely uh, controlled him for all three rounds to get that win. He's coming of age, and I am I just became aware of his nickname. Look, this might be the best nickname in MMA, at least from, from my personal standpoint. Okay. Do you know Jeremy Kennedy's nickname? I do not. Um, JBC. JBC, okay. Yeah. 
it stands for Junior Bacon Cheeseburger because when he was an amateur, he didn't have any money and he knew nothing about nutrition. So I guess he was like a hardcore McDonald's guy, but wherever he was training for amateur MMA, they only had a Wendy's. So he started just rocking out Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers like from the dollar menu, like left and right. They called him that as a nickname and it carries all the way to this moment. And I'm just finding out about it. This man is a gas station legend. We will have room for him inside of a factory town MMA. You can believe it. But I didn't know where you were going with this, but that all made sense in the it's end. Kind of, it's kind of perfect, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in regards to this fight though, do you have an edge on who you like more like Pedro Carvalho has been to the top before or he's yeah. in, in, he got a title shot within that Grand Prix um, he's a tough out but do you feel like this could be Kennedy's moment to try to get on the Pipples radar? I do I do I th he's slightly favored it's a tough one it's hard to call um, and Carvalho I think has made a lot of improvement yeah. since the Pitbull loss but uh, it's it's just very closely contested. Um, BC Peter Queeley on this car, taking on Bryce Logan. So you know he'll get a great walkout with the, oh, uh, great with walk the zombie. Yep. Uh, your favorite uh, Hassan Magomed Sharapov, the brother of Zabit, yes. is on this card. How did you skip over, though, that? Taking on Raphael Hudson. Sinead Kavanaugh and Janae Harding are having a rematch, Luke. And Kavanaugh, okay. say what you will about her. She comes to fight, and this crowd loves her. Are you not entertained by her? Uh, I'm not going to speak poorly, but I don't have a particular affinity one way or the okay. other. Charlie Ward's on the undercard, so maybe... Hospital You think his nickname. You think Connor will jump the cage again? I don't think so. All I think right. he's shooting the ultimate fighter. Uh, who do we know? Norbert Norvenier Jr. Is he, is he have game? I think it's time. This is the, see. This is the part where BC just keeps driving down the highway, and I'm trying to exit off. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to preview the to the tour. place we're actually going. So this is Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, on in, so obviously because it's in Dublin for the American audience, it's a afternoon card Saturday, not Friday. Yeah, Saturday at the Three Arena in Dublin. Three Arena, okay. Dublin, Ireland, yeah. on Showtime. What, right. what are the odds on Connor showing up? Uh, plus uh, nine hundred. Yeah, I'd bet heavily against it. Okay, because he's in he's in Vegas shooting that shit, right? Yeah, let's do it. So it's just it's five hours just in New York, and then another you know let's say seven. Or yeah, whatever. sorry, sorry, hospital ward, not that not good. That. But but uh, did you see that Michael Chandler chose Ryan Bader as his uh, assistant coach for tough? I like that. Why? Bader's you know he's, I like Bader. All right, <laughs> he's the master. All right, yeah, yeah. all right. Big fan of Martin Bader too. Uh, you know, the last real gaucho. The last, <laughs> the last gaucho. Yes. I'm yes. pretty sure the last gaucho was. Uh, <clears throat> what was that dude's name? Crazy Steve in, in Phoenix. What was his name? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what was his name? Crazy Bill. Whatever. His, I don't know. He probably was a sex cowboy. Predator. John. Predator. <laughs> he was not a predator. He <laughs> loves trains. Come on. <laughs> I mean, true or false? There was some so experiment. Did the, so did the Marines. I served. There was in. experimenting with the idea of Cowboy John being flown in as a paid actor. Oh, this was just to this get was under a, your skin. This was only one of your dull fantasies that I have nothing to say positive about. All right, topic number two. Let's get to it, BC. Yeah. We go from the card of the year for the UFC to another card of the year contender. UFC Fight Night: Krilov versus Span. Someone, uh, who was it? I think it was, An I could be getting his name wrong. I think it was Andy Hickey on Twitter was looking at how many main events there have been within the last year or so by weight class. There's been zero flyweight ones for the last year or two. Something insane. Uh, since Bene Benavidez maybe had headlined one. And like heavyweight and light heavyweight each have like 16 and 12. Dude, Chase Sherman's in the co-main event every other week, it feels like, right? Uh, this case, Andre Muniz taking on Brendan Allen, which is a pretty good middleweight fight. But yes, we have Nikita Krilov versus Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann, um, you know, uh, I just, what do you have to say about this fight, BC? Anything of note? I mean, where are we? Krilov favored minus 170, Spann plus 145. It would be really, it would be really um, 
disingenuous to try to suggest there's, you know, UFC going in any kind of wrong direction at the moment. We got John Jones coming back. We got two pay-per-views in March. The UFC 285 I mean, main card is one of the best main cards I've ever seen. We just had Volkanovski yeah. versus uh, Mahachev, which was like a dream fight. So, but with that said, these fight nights have been weak, right? These last couple have been notably... Um, and uh, to be clear, like, again, what does bad mean? It's the same one I'm going to say. Surprise. Okay. Not surprisingly, the last UFC fight night card ended up being like shockingly bad, even worse than even I thought it, it could have been. And that's just sometimes what happens. This one could be the opposite. This one could be fun if you watched it. But again, what we're going to say is you don't have the elite end of the sport. You don't have elite rivalries. You don't have any kind of interesting rivalry for the most part. There are a couple of interesting yeah, notes from the card are, we'll get are. to. But in general, in general with cards like these, there's just not a lot of big names, not a lot of big rivalries, right. not a lot of big talent. I like this fight with that said. So look, the light heavyweight division. It's a, it's a, listen, here's the problem. Krilov versus Span is fine. It's fine. It's just well, sitting in a main event. But let's frame shit. it properly. Look, the, the 205 division, I think it's fun right now. It's wide open and weird for sure. And it was br it seemed broken heading into yeah, the fight with Jamal Hill. Yeah, but it's off too. Right, but, but for as broken and weird as it is, and, you know, who's the real champ? I mean, Jamal Hill's the champion right now, but who's the best 205-er? It's kind of hard sometimes to pin down. When's Yuri coming back? We have seen some batshit crazy awesome fights at the highest level. We do have some guys that still really give the threat that they could be that they could be in for a run. Ankalaev, one of them, although obviously he you know only drew in his big step up. But where do you put Krylov here? Because it's two wins in a row. He hasn't lost since early 2022 against uh, friend of the show Paul Craig, and people will find out friend of the show when the RSD drops Luke. But in that RSD, didn't Paul Craig say that he thinks Krylov really has what it takes to be champion? Are you still on that train? Are you still of the belief? Because look, Span is the perfect test right now to see if Krylov can extend this win streak. Do you think he has the goods under the hood, though, to, to, like, you know, challenge for this title? Yes. Yes. Um, that was a very, very, like, that was like a, you know, I'm trying to, it, oh, one just dropped. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? Like that Broke was, shit, make my yeah, ass Yeah, itch. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> never trust a fart, Luke, okay, please. Uh, and yet I trusted you. Mm, what does that say? Yeah, but where would you be without me? Successful in terms of clicks, but the flavor, Luke, it'd be like plain stop and shop chips like no you know no barbecue no extra salt just like serviceable you know what i mean people like that people like that though that's cool a lot of people like a lot that. of people they just want they're like enough of this documentary and these interviews i just want luke's takes you can pay for that every thursday go ahead Luke. <laughs> <laughs> pop the back yeah there you go <laughs> you're so dumb I yeah, brilliant, I really brilliantly you. dumb please what was your please. stupid question uh my question was about uh, Krylov in terms of... Yes. Uh, oh, well, here's the thing, dude. I thought... I thought Ankalaev was inevitable. I thought he was inevitable. And he is probably the best guy in this division. Certainly, I mean, he, he, yeah, he's obviously, you know, on top in, a, in that kind of way. Jamal Hill's really good, though. Don't forget that, all right? I mean, he's the champion. What I'm saying... Okay, fair enough. I mean, I'm here I am discounting that. Jamal Hill is your champion. Here's the thing, BC... None of these, all of these guys have a lot of interesting strengths. Blahovich does have interesting strengths. You saw them against um, Izzy. Yep. Uh, Ankalaev has interesting strengths. Uh, you could go down the, uh, Alexander Rakic, by the way, is still kind of floating out there as a guy who we're waiting on his return. But as it stands, between Prohatska, however the fuck you're supposed to say it, the champion. Prohatska is how you're supposed to say it. Okay, fine. Uh, Krilov and anyone else. On the right night, you all checked up right now. You're like this, like you're like this, like Pace Allen. You're all like roid rage, and his brothers in the backseat kicking it. On the right night, do you really believe Krilov couldn't beat any one of those guys? 
is the gap between them so big that no, even fortuitous so circumstances couldn't lead you to it's believe? It's not so big, but he has stumbled, Krylov. Let's yes, forget that. Yes, dude. I mean, I mean, and the other part, too, is like I can see why Paul Craig would think, well, yeah, he lost to me, but if you watch it, he actually gets stretched out from guard, two feet in the hips. Who else is going to do that from underneath when they fight? Like, Ankalaev is not that guy. Blahovich is not that guy. You go, Rakic is not that guy. So it's a very you know peculiar way that he lost sure. in that sense. Is the difference between Krilov and those guys so vast, this is the question you have to ask yourself, so vast that you couldn't see them, even with fortuitous circumstances, getting get the title? I, I don't believe that. I think he could. Now, why are you holding back Eggshen? That weird shit-eating grin. Get, this is like this is like a look into my actual marriage. You're getting oddly upset, and I and I don't no, even know. Upset. I don't even know how I'm doing it, but I could feel the meter going up and up and up and up. Like you're you're like like you might explode, Luke. And I was just, uh, broke shit make my ass itch. Uh, so in any way, that's quote shit right there. Right? What about Ryan Span, BC? Where are you on the All right, Ryan, two fight win Ryan Span confidence o meter? It's tough because that two fight win streak is maybe a broken down Dom Reyes, although he kind of helped break him down and Iwan Kutilaba. It's a nice rebound for him from the Anthony Smith loss, but I think he's still largely unproven at this level the times he's come up above water. You remember he made a vented against Smith and came up empty. Mm -hmm. This is a great matchup for him in that regard to really reach a little bit higher in terms of how people perceive their comparative talents and try to get a very big win. Is he powerful enough and dangerous enough to do that? I would say yes, but Luke, the odds, uh, did you read the odds yet? They can't be in his favor, and he's going to have to really overwhelm Krylov here to get this done. Uh, yeah, I just feel like Span is probably a more dynamic athlete, maybe, something like that. Um, and there's not a huge gap between them in skill level at all. It's fairly narrow. However, I would say Krylov has more ways to win, wouldn't you? Yeah. I Krylov is just much – Krylov is um, – he's kind of like a lesser version of Yair a little bit. In terms of like long range offense, sure. you know, using jujitsu at times for surprising ways. Uh, not again, a lesser version of that. Like, not Yair is certainly one of a kind in terms of all the places he has offense. It never seems to end. Krilov's not like that, but he's got, he's, he's rangy. He's got good punching. Like, he's got, he can kick pretty well. Like, they talk a little loudly in the back. You know, all of these are part of the show. They are. It's just, it's part of the circus here, you know? <laughs> but I like this circus. I like this. I do. BC. Krilov? I think Krilov should win. But I want to see if Spain can surprise me. I really do. I'm, I, I would pick against him. I mean, is there a part of Krilov that... What, what's the biggest part of Krilov's game that scares you in the face of the idea that he's still a not fully formed title contender in, like, you know, on his way there? What's the biggest... You know, because if you look at Uncle Live and I said, what's the only drawback in him? Sometimes he doesn't step on the gas when he needs to. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay, Krilov's a different fighter. I'm not linking them together, but just linking them together from the standpoint of two guys who might be able to, to make a move at the top of this division. Where's the, the hole in Krilov's game that you think Span can overcome? Again, going back to the Paul Craig fight, you just he gets overzealous in positions. He, the thing is, he's got great offense. He just doesn't have great defense. Yeah. He just makes a lot of mistakes along the way. Now, those have gotten smaller and smaller while his offense has gotten better and better. But there's still a noteworthy quotient about how often he gets hit. There is an opening there for Span to, to explode, and that's why that's right. why you have to like this matchup. It's a good-ass fight. It's it's a great, just, it'll be a fun one. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'd be a great co-main, would you say? It'd be great. Like this, this would ordinarily be like 
maybe like the first fight on a main card of yeah. a of a pay per view or something like that. It's not like it's some irrelevant nonsense content. Uh, these are top ten guys, I believe, are roughly around that. Uh, expand certain. Uh, Krilov is inside the top six, I believe, top five or so. I'm not sure. About but I wouldn't that. say it's the most intriguing storyline or matchup on the card. Is that a fair statement? For me, it is the not. Intriguing, really, at all. I mean, this. Okay. The, well, we all we just just say it out loud. Like light heavyweight is in a place where I think top five for me is pretty interesting. Yeah. See what happens there. Outside of top five for me, I don't have a ton of interest in the current state of light heavyweight. The division is not what it once was. It's fair. Back in the days of Tito and Vitor and Randy and Chuck and I mean, uh, how about Arona and Babalu and Henderson for a while and Vanderlei and Shogun and I mean it went on and on like two hundred five was an army of, you know, these premier talent. It's just not that anymore. No. no. Uh, but the, the fight and the storyline that I think we should really be focused Tatiana on Suarez. is Tatiana Suarez. Right, and I think the timing of it is good. So Suarez is back finally. She's fought once in the last five years with an assortment of injuries. And I think, what's the specific layoff? It's at least three years, right? This specific one? Yes, uh, I'll, I'll so pull the numbers up. Tatiana's here. back in a very interesting matchup to find out exactly where she's at against Montana De La Rosa. I love the fight itself on the surface, but we have some interesting things to talk about, not just related to Tatiana, who we've all, whether it was initially at Strawweight where she won the Ultimate Fighter or now uh, where she's going to make her debut here in the UFC at, I'm sorry, at Flyweight after Strawweight, you get my point, um, is, look, it's not just can she ever finally put it together and with that size, nastiness, wrestling ability, can she be a legitimate title contender? And obviously right now, we want title contenders for Valentina. But the larger story is getting really fun at 125 pounds in ways, and I just wrote a piece about this today at CBS Sports, that, Luke, two years ago, you never would have thought, two years ago, women's flyweight was Valentina's greatness and everyone else. And the hope of can somebody come through that door to make it a good fight. Now, Jennifer Maya made Valentina kind of human for, for a minute, but then Valentina goes back and destroys Andrade and, and, and destroys Alaska's own, right? I always forget her name in the moment. Let's just sit in there. It's out there. Lord Murphy. Murphy. Long Island Luke got yeah. my back right Why'd there. Why'd you do that, yeah. fucker? Um, but Luke, like, things have changed in a big way. So Tyler Santos is legit. Alexa Grasso's fighting for the title in March. Manon Ferro could be next. And oh, by the way, Erin Blanchfield just splashed all her chips down in the middle of the table. And obviously, on the back end of the top 15, you've got some young fighters coming up who are, like, very interesting, could be future title contenders. How big is it if Tatiana Suarez comes back, puts it right back on the tracks like nothing happened, moves up to this weight class, taking on a, a tough out, but not somebody that talent for talent she shouldn't be able to beat in Montana De La Rosa. She's, like, not – she's in a very interesting potential puzzle piece in the larger uh, 125 picture that, Luke – it's, it's not as good as strawweight, and it's never been. But considering how bad women's featherweight has always been, there's not even a top 10 rankings on the UFC website still six years into this. And Luke, outside of that initial run with Rousey and the people around her, Bantamweight's been, what would you, how would you describe Bantamweight in recent years? I mean, you know, Amanda and everybody else, right? Yeah, kind of, well, started hot. Bantamweight used to be the division of, K, of queens. For sure. Excuse me. When you got Misha, Holly, Ronda, Amanda, Valentina, I mean, it was, you know, it was. It was amazing. Uh, it was a lot going on, but certainly it has fallen on harder times since then. So 125 is coming on as a division. And, I, dude, we used to talk shit about it constantly, rightfully so. Mm. 
where does Suarez fit in, Luke, if she comes in and does exactly what, what she expects to do, which is act like nothing's happened, no injuries, and pull a dominant cruise and get a big win here? So let's set the table here. Her last fight was against Nina Nunez. This was in June of 2019. Oof. She has not fought since June. Of, so we're almost at three years, not quite. Oh, sorry, sorry, four years. Um, three and some he uh, heavy change. That's the first part. She was supposed to come back in 2021 against Roxanne Modafferi, and then I believe she blew out her knee at the time, and then had a second sort of comeback because the first was initially part of her neck, which has been a long-standing issue oh, yeah. because she had cancer in her neck when she was training uh, as a wrestler and the whole thing. Okay, everyone knows that. She's story. tough as shit, by the way. Tough as balls. Um, she's been training this whole time. I spoke to her once in 2020 when she was just kind of just, you know, trying to get right with her, her possibilities here. 32 years of age, eight fights, ton of amateur experience, if you want to count amateur wrestling in that sense. Um, not quite Michael Chandler at 34 here for a short time, not a long time, Absolutely. or for a good time, not a long time. Uh, I think she has to have a similar kind of mindset. Now, the UFC is giving her, Montana De La Rosa is a fighter who's deserving of respect, but in terms of the skills in which she has to combat what we think Tatiana Suarez can offer. She is overmatched. I think it's a she's fair She's got good jujitsu, but her her She has good jujitsu, but she's going to get run over in yeah. terms of the wrestling. I think that's a you know, her camp probably has to have a game plan depending on being on your back for some time. In any case, so the USC is giving her that. But after that, if she runs over Montana De La Rosa, like if she goes in there and just batters her and she's like, oh my God, Suarez is back, they're going to fast track her because they. They kind of want to, to your point, it's now exciting. Let's make it even more exciting. She will be an instant top five fighter the with a, with a win here if it's triumphant, especially. Like if she comes back and remember what Dominic Cruz did to Takeya Mizuzaki? I mean, he just leveled. That he does not believe in ring rust. And I love that mindset. I love that you come out saying yeah. that. It's not a thing, and I'm going to show you. Yeah. I love that. It is, but that's neither here nor there. The point is it wasn't for Dom that night. If Suarez has a night like that, she she could I mean right away instant top because you know right I, away. she's she's she was big for the weight class of one fifteen yes and I don't you know I, th I think she's still gonna have good size here she's also part of one of MMA's sneakiest power couples yeah her and Apache Mix, Mix yeah. yeah who could be one million dollars Mix was really he has really developed in a fighter in his own way um, but look uh, you know what we've seen of her we know the wrestling can be dominant she could she could ragdoll you and drag yep. you around. Her striking is pretty good, too. I mean, the intention is there. She, she's not afraid to mix it up, but she's also long. I mean, she could be something. We're asking a lot of her here. I want to see after her knee what her mobility looks like as a 32-year-old athlete. Who's yeah. For the, I mean, you're talking about Amistad being off for two years. How about June of 2019? One fight in five years. One fight in five that's years. Crazy. That, that's crazy. That's wild. crazy. So there's so many questions, but she was – her gap on the division in terms of what her skill set was was so vast – that even with that time off, you're still like, could she get a title shot within two fights? I mean, that's that's a relevant, fair, and reasonable question as it's. Do you have the that. odds on this fight? Because skill for skill, you would think that she would be a big favorite anyway. But Suarez, a monster favorite, minus seven fifty to Montana De La Rosa's plus five fifty. So She's the biggest favorite on the card. Even with those questions, I actually still like those odds because, look, how did Juliana Pena pull? Arguably the biggest upset in the sport's history. Arguably. Against Nunes. No, it's not. That's not bigger than. Arguably. Okay. It's arguable. It's arguable, right? I, I guess. Uh, Dude, we didn't give, like, outside of you, nobody given her, like, a chance to even compete. And she didn't just, like, one punch her. She wore down and, like, kind of made the champ tap. I mean, she did make the champ tap. There wasn't even a tap. It was just, like, dumb. Anyway, my point is, how did she do it? 
Turns out she had next level determination, mental toughness. I sense that in Tatiana. And you can always argue back, BC, you always focus on those stupid intangibles. Everybody's got top tier intangibles to get to this point. But there are levels to that, Luke. I think you have to understand that. Yeah, there are levels to it. Let's look at our OK bet scores. <laughs> you focus on intangibles, I, you, it dude, gets you a four and 10 record. This That's is your time. Intangibles, this though. is your time to Mac McClung me all day. Bring it, bring it, OK? Because. Uh, I'll be coming back. I, I remember, because, dude, where did he go to college? Do you remember where he went Georgetown to college? Georgetown Georgetown, yes. I remember everyone when he was— Texas Tech after this? Because he was a high school superstar. Oh, my. Dude, he, he was pouring in, like, 50 points yeah. and dunking on people. And yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, I mean, I've said this before. If you watch someone in the NBA or go back to their high school footage, like it's a, it, they just toy with these children. Yeah. He was doing that, and I was like, I don't know, man. This guy just looks like he's a— I mean, all he doesn't. He looks like he can work the camera. You don't show him. Yeah, he looks. Yeah. Like, he, first of all, he looks like a, a kid. Check out Drew right there. Right, he looks, he's the guy who makes Tukey ice cream at Baskin Robbins. Yeah, there you go. That's what there he looks like. And then the second part too was like you never showed the highlights of him doing anything else in basketball. Just fucking you know windmill dunks. It's like oh right, he can't. Can't play the rest of it. Well, now's the time for you to teabag dunk me. Like like Shaq on Chris Dudley. He had to throw the ball. Dude, I he said I wasn't going to do it, and then it just feels so right. You better do it now because one of these days you're going to wake up to a new video on your phone that's going to be me going, I back. Trust me. I back. Yeah, Luke, you've been okay? on I back okay. this whole time, motherfucker. Okay. okay. You know, I'll take, <laughs> dude, if I ever took the back, you underestimate how quickly I can get that choke. You, no, I don't, I don't. What, you think it automatically will just elbow to the ribs and you'll be, and it'll be broken? Yeah, the elbow to the ribs is not like a real tactical way to get out of you that. You just think you'll take your, your giant paw and just, just. People who don't know what they're doing. In rip my grip. Have no idea, like, what holding that position means. Uh, all right. BC, anything else on this card that captures your attention? I will say yeah, Andre yeah. Muniz fighting Brendan Allen Muniz at a minus 225. I like that fight. I like, I like that, that fight, fight a lot. Sure. Muniz, by the way, kind of like sort of like a big dude for middleweight. Great submissions. Confident as shit. Confident as shit. Kind of like a hulking figure. That one works out pretty well. Um, Brendan Allen, and it's a tough fight for him. What do you think about Jasmine Jazz Devicious out of what, Montreal there? She's in the preliminary featured bout here at Women's Flyweight against Gabriela Fernandez. I know she's lost already, but Luke, she looked good in the contender series. She's got size. She's in her, what, early Early to mid thirties, but I wouldn't do you, know. Do you look at her as an interesting prospect still, or, or you kind of feel like you already found out the truth? I haven't really thought about it. You're like, I don't care if she lives or dies. No, that's just you <laughs> feeling this kratom and caffeine, Brian Campbell. Yeah, I do need to. Do you know, the the guy, the oh, shocker. This this will come as a great surprise to you that the local smoke shop that sells uh, all the Delta Eights where I yes, live. Yes, yes. They also sell bags of kratom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never done it. Have you done kratom? I, no. Come on. Dude, you're a okay, Connecticut dirtbag. How is between, that like some kind of weird question? Is there not a difference between 44-year-old, like, Happy Dad BC and, like, the stories you hear about sub-25-year-old BC and on oh, the yeah, streets? Oh, yeah, of course, of, a different guy. Yeah, okay, back then, yeah, line it up, <laughs> Luke, okay, all right? We'll have a kratom party, I'll, you know, come on. Uh, okay. What, what is it even? I don't even know. It's a plant. It's a plant that I think is supposed to uh, have uh, some, some pain-killing properties, but it's got some, you know, euphoric properties in terms of what it does to you as well. I've never done it, so I've only okay. briefly uh, talked. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. I am. I will tell you this. I'm. I'm kratom curious. <laughs> <laughs> From a vape enthusiast like yourself, it's probably inevitable, Luke. Okay. Uh, regarding the rest of this card, look, it, it ain't great. Uh, Odie Osborne sometimes makes me happy though. Watching him could be a fun fight. Uh, Jordan Levitt's on this card. He is usually in for a good time. I mean, there's Joe Selecki is a constant workhorse. Um, but 
It's not uh, Mike Malott out of uh, he's the big hulking Canadian dude out of Team yes. Alpha Male. He's taking on Johan Alainesi or Lainess. I'm not sure I pronounced his last name. Please forgive me. Uh, he's heavily favored. He's kind of fun. There's some interesting guys you want to see get that next step in their career, but it just feels like a lot of things that would be on the early prelims. And there's nothing wrong with the early prelims, but when everything is the early prelims or like a lot of it is, mm -hmm. it becomes a little bit too much Suarez and Krilov and Span notwithstanding. Right? Excited for this weekend's Floyd Mayweather comeback or no? Nah. Uh, Floyd's fighting this weekend? Yeah, he's got another exhibition against... I don't know what the guy's background at YouTube or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, also, we should mention this. Todd Duffy is back against Phil DeFries this weekend, I um, believe. What, what, what uh, promotion? KSW. Oh, I'll watch he hasn't you know, fought. That's a Caposa special, you, right? He hasn't fought, right? You think, you think Suarez has been off for a while. How about Todd Duffy hasn't fought since 2015, I believe? He fought. Didn't this, he have a comeback like two years ago? He no? was supposed to. I think the whole thing went up in smoke. Uh, I have to go back and double check. Yeah. Or maybe he had, no, he had one good fight. Sorry, am I bo I'm botching this a little bit. Let me, the internet right there. Just, yeah, yeah, let me, sorry, I have to, you know, they put the, I, I, here I am giving out fake news. Let me double check all of this before I give you any worse. Dead I, wrong this in part, the moment. This part I know is for true. He fought Phil DeFreeze in 2012. So this wow. is a rematch, th 11 years yeah. in the making, I guess. Uh, okay, so he, They're saying yes, 2019. Yes, 2019. Before that, it was 2015 against Frank Mir. So he had this four-year Who did he fight with when he came back? Jeff Hughes. It was a no, no what, contest, what, accidental what eye gouge. Banner? UFC. That's right. That's right. And, and then it was, the fight it, was over. It was before, over yeah, 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 before yeah. it got started. I remember. Really. It takes uh, me a while, but I got it, Luke. I got it. All right. So there you have it. So he's back against Phil DeFreeze. Also, uh, one has a card, John Lineker against um, the Brazilian Is kid. it me or does John Lineker fight every other month, it seems, on one? Right? Well, because this was the one that got... They, they, the, these two guys are like they struck it out, and I believe there was some kind of accidental. Oh, God damn! I, now I, I saw the fight. I can't remember how it ended. Mm -hmm. um, it was an accidental I, a headbutt or some kind of clash where it ended. Yes, Andrade, Fabricio Andrade, this sort of young, dynamic striker. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Long Island Luke got our back. Today. Yeah. yeah. One has a card on Friday for free. So you want to catch that out? It's the okay. rematch. You got to end it prematurely the, the the last time that they fought. This is supposed to be the one. It's a it was a back and forth battle. Lineker can still obviously bang, but Andrade was putting so it on recap him. Recap this weekend. We got Bellator in Dublin Saturday afternoon. Correct. We've got U UFC Fight Night Saturday evening. Correct. Showtime Championship Boxing this Saturday night. Correct. Floyd on Saturday or Sunday, and then Jake Paul, Tommy yep. Fury on Sunday. Yep. Anything on Friday? That's a that's a one it's one an, on Friday. Oh yeah, it's an odd duck weekend, but there's there's some depth there, Luke. Are we gonna talk about the Jake Paul fight at all? Uh, what day is it? Wednesday. Yeah. I guess Friday. Okay, bet you bet we will, Luke. All right. Uh, BC topic number three. We'll do some fight announcements here. I'm just gonna go through these pretty quickly. I don't want to spend a ton of time on them, but let's get to them just the same. How about this one set for UFC 288? Aljamain Sterling taking on Henry Cejudo. I did see people complaining about Cejudo getting the title shot. Isn't that still a, a, like a report? It's, yeah, it's not official. Sorry, when we say fight announcements, we don't mean the UFC announced it. We mean it was uh, reported with sourcing in the media. Yeah, and then Derry. I'm sorry, uh, Charles Oliveira tweeted out a picture of the double header in. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, I was going to so, get to that one next, but yes, Sterling versus Cejudo. So what date, do you know what month and location that is? So UFC 288 is currently set for May 6th, uh, TBD. Okay, so that's Cinco de Mayo weekend. Um, yeah, dude, look, that's great. I mean, this is a great fight. It really is. And I know we've been talking about it for like six months, and it's been in and out of the public consciousness, and you could have just as easily subbed in Sean O'Malley right here, but I'm glad that this is the fight. I'm glad that Cejudo's going to get this chance. Um, look, if, you know, Aljo, we've, it's tough, man. We, he gets much maligned in ways that aren't always in his control. But he beats Cejudo here, dude. He's, you know, it's like you, can only, you can't put any value 
to a degree in the TJ win. And I know the the Jan series, you know, was a little messy, although his win was was clear to me. I'm not a truther on the split decision that it should have gone the other way. Dude, if he beats Hudo right here, we're talking about one of the three or four best fighters in this world. Yeah. Also, I, I just want to note for everyone, boy, I don't hear a lot of people clamoring for Cejudo versus Volkanovski anymore. I noticed that. All those people who were like, yeah, it's no different. That one's no different than Volkanovski versus Makachev. They have grown rather silent. Well, what time. if Cejudo comes back and commandeers this title? So let me ask you. Let's say he does come back and commandeer the title. Would you be interested in a fight against Volkanovski? If it was warranted, I wouldn't rush it. He was talking about parachuting into that fight to try to make history. But if he won the championship here, which is no, you know, it's a great fight against Aljo. And let's say he had a right away, you know, fight O'Malley or whoever was next. And then they wanted to be some experimentation if in between Volkanovski has defended. Then, then he has title. to drop the title. Like, how is he going to fight Cejudo when you've got Yair sitting there? Well, um, I said after Volkanovski would have a couple title defenses while. Well, I mean, this Cejudo is getting very presumptuous. He'll be 34 soon. Like. Okay, so that's why I said, no, I don't need that fight now. It was different when, when Suhudo wanted to just parachute into that division and try yeah. to make his. It's not, though. It was a bad idea to begin with. No, and you, it, you and just, it remains It remains clearly man, not You well have these out. certain hills that you're like, I will die right here. It was just, like I don't know not. what people were thinking. Like, Suhudo has a much bigger hill to climb against Volkanovski in ways that makes the fight far less interesting than Volkanovski it, did to Makachev. Well, I don't, I don't understand why that's debatable. Was Volkanovski didn't have like a clear, like, next in line who could beat him. That's why everybody wanted no, to No, the fight fact Max is most Volkanovsky. people just weren't aware of how good Volkanovski was. That's partially was. I was, and now they are aware, and now they realize okay. it was a silly idea to begin While with. While you were a day one guy, you were a truther on his upper bound limits so welcome, and his greatness. Welcome. He got better, a lot better along the way, though. Like, Oh, yes, he's even exceeded you know, my I mean, the Ortega yes. fight opened my eyes, and yes. then obviously the, what he did last year really opened my eyes. I mean, he's been, he's been a marvel to watch, for sure. Yeah. But I just, I, that, that idea was never really all that well thought out. All right, Oliveira versus Darius. Man, Darius versus Makachev, you, you know, you, my man kind of deserves it, but they're not going to do it. They're going to give him this Oliveira. Is, this is almost a title fight. I mean, it almost is. It, you know? I, it feels like this feels no less significant to me than Emmett versus Yair. Yeah, like if, right? you're, if you can't get the title. And Other you, than Oliveira's coming off the loss. That's the only thing that's yes. different. Well, here's the deal. If you can't get the title in these situations, sometimes whether it's, you know, like Dustin Poirier choosing Connor over the title, or even Arnold Allen right now didn't get the title shot, didn't get the the uh, interim title shot, but gets Max Holloway. This has that same feel. You want to beat the guy who was the guy, and boy, in that short run, Oliveira was the freaking guy. He still claims it was just ten bad minutes against um, against Islam. Well, now he's got a chance to run through you know the top guy in waiting here in Darius. Did you see the early lines have Darius as the betting favorite? Did what do you dude, think? I don't. That's think not. About that. That's not surprising, dude. It's like I get that Kiesa sub Darius when they fought, but but Darius is like. Uh, level of skill in pure jiu-jitsu, number one, is very high. Number two, I just feel like he's not that guy anymore. This is not the guy that Barboza knocked out. This is not the guy that got choked out by Michael Chiesa, right? Which are, those are two good fighters, by the way, to have losses on your record. Sure. It, it, he's just not him anymore. He's so much better. The guy you saw against Gamrod, obviously that's the last fight, but it just feels much more representative of the full, well-rounded skill that a guy like Dariush has. It's just not respected. But I can't complain about the fight, BC. That's a great it's doubleheader. It's a phenomenal that's a, that's doubleheader. That's Bonanza right there, Luke. Admit that shit. If they could put an interim strap on this, and maybe we'd feel differently, maybe we wouldn't. If they but they put a strap on you while you're watching, would you mean to that? 
You're the worst. You're the worst human in America. I, I was feeling your, your presence coming through. Uh, BC, also, Marina Rodriguez taking on Virna Janjiroba. Yeah, what? UFC 288. Let me ask you about that. Six. So, I don't, you know, I like this fight. but It's a tough fight for Rodriguez, boy. Do you think Rodriguez had her chance and now she's done? She's like 36. Yeah, I think the, U, I think the really, UFC kicked the tires. You know, she's a great fighter. She's still a elite gatekeeper. That's right. At she's not, worst, she's right? not like, donezo. Right, at worst. But I think the UFC's confidence in her ability to get a title has since passed. I mean, she's and a she's tough on the out. Other, she's on the other end of she that. She can go deep into fights, but she's she is lacking that next level finishing ability or the threat of it. You could say that. Yes. You could say that. Well, look, tough matchup for her to stay in the conversation at the very least. Uh, BC, tough fight for Jairzinho Rosenstrike when he takes on on May 13th, just the week after. Dude. Jailton Almeida. Dude, how good is this fight for Almeida potentially? That's a terrible fight for Rosenstrike. It is style matchup wise, but it is, a, it is a good name for Almeida's, you know, sort of dark horse Plans to get there, some right? attention. To yeah. get some attention. I mean, he's going to take this guy down and do things to him. Like, yeah, but the pro wow. I'm not. I'm not going there. Wow. I know I was just there. But not going there this time. He's going to take him down about, and just bang him. I'm talking about ground and pound. Yeah, you know? it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for as long as that one lasts. Anyway, um, dude, Almeida, you know, a super muscular guy at heavyweight who's got great jujitsu and good wrestling. You know, it's obviously super strong. Man, you can do a lot with that. <laughs> you can do a lot with that skill set. Jesus Christ, that is a very valuable skill set. That man is the Hulk. He is. He's another level. All right, Mackenzie Dern taking on Angela Hill. Dude, that's what I know. On that same UFC May 13th card, that is a great fight. Okay, really? So here's interesting. I saw that Hill just put out on Instagram that she signed a new contract and happy to see that. She's she's one of the best, Luke, when it comes to personalities, hard workers, somebody who's been there. And fought tough Isn't fights, Isn't a bad matchup for her, though? You love this fight? I love this fight because I think Angela Hill, when she's at her best, is capable of winning a fight like this, yes. Okay, I, I'm not going to say that you're wrong in that, but here's what I'm still thinking. And this this might decide, it may depend on where you think Dern still is or still could be. Uh, maybe I'll always be a Nine Lives guy on Dern because I see certain intangibles mixed with her foundational ground skills, and I'm just like, and you know, she's willing to mix it up too, Luke. I still see a potential future champion there. It's not a finished product. She's so she's I did a failed. I did a tape study on her. There's two basic problems that she has. Her wrestling has not developed at all. It is, and listen to me talking. I don't usually say this word ever for a pro fighter, but her wrestling is bad. It is bad. It is not good. And you, you would be very hard-pressed to have a wrestling coach show me that her Wrestling is particularly for like leg attacks, like double legs, anything involving any kind of level changing. It's just really not there. And the other part too is obviously her jujitsu is from another dimension, right? It's so good, but her ground and pound, she has made positional choices where she will move up the back, balance on her head, and then try and find the choke or whatever, which is a very jujitsu mentality about kind of slowly finding your yeah. way rather than a, an attack position where you can drive and pin them. She doesn't use pins ever. If anyone's ever noticed that uh, from the back, she never pins. And so because there's no pinning involved where you're actively suppressing them and then using that as a way to anchor to throw punches, dude, unless there is overhaul of her game this is it okay but here's you the have question. seen the top i get your skepticism and you're coming from a standpoint that's like she can change may, this it may never happen it just may never happen the wiring may be you know it just may not work out but i look at these things and i say they're, they're certainly foundational aspects in some in some key ways but can it be taught still when you yes. have oh no, no no other things the good news is i don't think it's a I don't. I, I'm not sure what has happened in the training environment because she's been around competent teachers, so that's not the issue. Like, there's been some kind of issue. It, I don't. I don't know why the message hasn't gotten through. Whatever. But what I can say is, is she capable of learning these things to get to a point where she can really transform her game? I mean, the answer is 
Very much yes. If I told you she would never improve her striking another another inch. Does that include ground and pound? No. Okay. That could include on the feet. Would you still believe she could she could win a championship yes. if she can fix the other yes. areas? She doesn't need to fix the striking. I mean, you know, get it better if you can. Get that ground and pound okay, better. I use and this, it's gonna open up her entire game. Well, I use this setup to say that I still think that even a Look, what, she's disconnected. Everything's there. It's just disconnected in how I view her. I think she could dominate somebody like Angela Hill and look good and get refreshed. She Maybe could. that's the point of the matchup to find out, and that's why you you know we we typically praise UFC matchmaking. But I look at that and I go, man, it's a tough fight for Angela Hill. Uh, BC, I know this one's got you pitching the tent. Carolina Kovalkiewicz that's, that's taking not, on I, Vanessa Demopoulos. I do like this fight. I mean, look, this is a weird matchup, right? I do like this. I knew come it. On, I knew come it. Come on, we're gonna find out who's coming or going, Luke. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not adding on to that joke at all. Yeah. But I will tell May you. 20th by the way. So Kovalkiewicz had that long losing streak, was going to retire, but then had that emotional comeback win against, uh, who did she retire? Felice Herrick, was it? Mm, uh, yes. Okay, right. now let's do it again. You know Vanessa Demopoulos makes fun fights because she she takes damage early but has this ability to just kind of will these moments, usually through her jiu-jitsu, of happening, Luke. This is a fun, super sloppy matchup for me. I'm fired up. You don't like you wouldn't you wouldn't go out of your way to find out what order on the undercard and make sure you were there in time to catch the stream, Luke. This is not one of this is not destination viewing for you. Uh, no. I like Carolina. She's from the old guard, Luke. You know, from I respect, that, that original I respect, class. I respect how she's turned things around, but it doesn't really like in a world where you know Shavkat Rachmanov exists. This doesn't necessarily get me. All that interested. All right. Uh, BC Brent Primus replaces Sydney Outlaw in the yeah. in the in the lightweight Bellator Grand Prix. Uh, now Sydney Outlaw it turns out tested positive. I was trying to remember which drugs he tested positive for, and then I realized it was just all of them. <laughs> I was going to ask you, it was, was it every was it Terinabol, Winstrol? Uh, he tested positive for three. I think three anabolic steroids. I'll yeah. double check. Well, you but. know, Luke. The thing is. <laughs> The thing is, Luke, you can't knock his competitiveness, right? I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, look, I know Brent Premis isn't in the same exact version of himself that he was when he won the championship against Michael Chandler at MSG, even though there was that weird— I think he's post-prime at He's post-prime, let's be honest. But he's still a tough veteran. I like this change. It's not ideal when you lose Sydney the Outlaw. The good news is, is that in terms of where Sydney Outlaw fit into the other fights, you did not want to count him out necessarily, but he mm -hmm. wasn't in any way, I think, an odds-on favorite to win the tournament. He was a good— uh, he, he, along with everyone else, made for a good cast, yes. right? a good collection of fighters. He was not some kind of scrub in that sense. I don't mean to say as much, but he wasn't like the most dominant or important guy in that tournament. So losing him is hardly catastrophic, uh, especially when it turns out he was just a walking pharmacy. It was him and Liver King. They just took all the drugs. I don't I don't know what happened. Uh, Tanner Boster, BC, is going to move down to 205. Wow. We, so speaking of someone we got to get on the RSD couch, oh, that's dude, the yeah. guy. Uh, he's going to face Iwan Kutelaba at look, UFC look, Kansas City. Okay, this I like that fight, first of all, because it's interesting to see if he, what he's going to look like at this weight class. And I'm you also know curious. Kutelaba is going to make a fight happen. You Kutelaba, know that. But he's been on a rough, rough run of things. But that'll make him extra dangerous. Or do you think that'll or make him? Or it may make him extra cautious. It's he, hard to say. I, he's, not, he's not wired to and be he, a point fighter. He's not he's, wired. He's been training with Extreme Couture. Um, and working with Eric Nixon, who I think is trying to, you know, give him a little bit of science. Here's the thing, though, Luke, about Room Service Diaries, and we have one to get with Arnold Allen that just launched, and we're going to reference it shortly. But, you know, sometimes when we get into arguments about who makes the, the, the right RSD guest or who would potentially, you know what I mean? We have different strike zones, you and I, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, right? It's just not crapping on each other. I wonder, though, if guys like Tanner Boser, more like 
where the where the every, diagram overlaps. Every man like middle of the road contenders, and he's trying to make his run here, and he's switching divisions. But I wonder if we mine more gold in those areas because, dude, Arnold Allen was, and, and he's better than that. He's a, you know on the verge of a title opportunity, yeah, yeah. but he kicked our doors in at how personable and fun he was, and the stories about his dad, Paul Craig. Was one of the best guests we ever had. I can't wait for that one to go yeah, live. People say oh, the Arnold Allen one is the best. Wait, you see the Paul Craig. Maybe we should we should dip a little bit deeper down the rankings into some of the weird areas and like the the. Characters. I just want to talk to someone who's interesting and can talk well. That's it. Like I'm putting I'm putting big tuna in that middle cushion. Big tuna, says, right? big, big time. Okay. Uh, BC Paul Daly ticket on Marcus Perez. Uh, added to the Game Bread Boxing 4 card. Okay, can we talk about this? Because I don't think we actually have. So very quickly, here's how this goes. I, this will be in April, but it's going to be Roy Jones Jr. versus Anthony Pettis, which is weird. Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, which is weird. Vitor Belfo versus Jacare, which is weird. I kind of like that one. It's like, why is Jacare boxing Vitor? But okay. They want money, Luke. I guess Pro <clears throat> Gonzalez is going to box Gina Bazzani. Like, that's a weird one, too. You think that would be better than the street fight Cyborg had with her at that UFC symposium? Probably. Okay. Josh Burns taking on Dylan Kleckler. I don't know who that is. B. Wynn taking on Emily Whitmire. Yo, there she friend goes. of the program, right? Friend yep. of Mr. Hebos's forearm. Speaking of pitching a tent, you over there. Devin Cushing <laughs> taking on Damian David yeah. Marciano. BC, as a boxing fan for a long time, to watch Roy Jones Jr. at the end of his career, it's been all really weird. I thought it was long since over. This is not an exhibition against Pettis, as I understand it. This is weird. So this is so this is game-bred Masvidal, who had a little bit of run with MMA, right, with Icon. Now yep. doing something game bread boxing, doing something a little different. I mean, this is what Zufa boxing could have been. Is that the is that the correlation we should make here? It, it seems like a lower rent version of it, but yeah, it's going to be at the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee again. This will be on Saturday, now, Luke, uh, April one. Triller came and went quickly with something like this. There's still rem, you know, there's Jake Paul's fighting in Saudi Arabia this weekend in a big one that a lot of people are going to focus in on. There's still his own misfits box. I mean, that 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 umbrella is still there. I'm torn about this one when I saw it. I was surprised, but would you say this is a somewhat clever way to do it? Take MMA guys and, and for the most part, match them against each other in what you would guess would be interesting boxing matches rather than influencer against retired guy or whatever, you know what well, I'm saying? Well, it's weird because I, I want to see what kind of business this does before I make any real judgments. Like what, someone asked me like, what's the market for this? I'm actually not sure because there's really only one boxer on the card. It's I think it's the Roy. market is UFC fans. The market is definitely UFC like boxing, fans. Right? They like it to a certain degree. And Would, are boxing fans going to go watch this? Because Roy Jones in the main event is a different issue and it's part of this, but it's a little different than the rest of these. This is the opposite to me of what Triller did of we're going to bridge the gap between boxing and MMA and try to change the rules and make, you know, BKFC is doing the same thing to some degree too. I think this is outside of the Roy Jones thing. This is really aimed at MMA fans. Boxing okay. fans may stumble into it if they, oh, I know Jose Aldo. Let's see if he Yeah, can I mean, box, it's just weird to know? look at the records because these are their boxing records. Roy Jones is 66 and nine, which is pretty But remarkable. that's why he's in the main okay. event to bring Anthony in Anthony Pettis is a zero. Jose Aldo, all zeros. Yeah. Steven, zero. Belfort got one. Jacare, zero. Pearl one, Gina Mazzani zero, Burns zero, Kleckler zero, B Win zero, Emily Whitmire zero. It's really an MMA fest uh, the whole way through. I didn't I, even I know don't Emily know, I don't Whitmire was on this card until you just said it. Yeah, all of a I'm sudden, shocked by that. All of a sudden, this isn't her ground game, her her calling card. I would MMA? say that boxing would not. And this will be the th the thing that I would say is the best part about uh, her game. But one never knows. Um, in any case, she's a spitfire at the end of the day, Luke. To you. Um, back sure. to that main event for a second. Putting Roy Jones on there is, you know, the attempt to bring in the boxing crowd. This is should he be boxing? No, dude. When he came back and actually and got in shape and fought Mike Tyson, look, let's give those guys credit. They they took it seriously and, and like went for it, right? Yeah. They put on a fun event. Him and Tyson. That should have been the end of it. The fear here is that Jones could get hurt accidentally by a younger 
you know, Pettis is certainly not elite level MMA anymore, but there's still something in there, right? Guys, you know, probably what, 37 years old, 36 years old. Mm -hmm. There's still something in there. Um, just as well as you can make a case that this is a really bad matchup for Pettis, nobody wants to see Roy get hurt. What does Roy gain from stopping him? Nothing. Him. But so Pettis is really beat up at the stage of his career. Oh, he is. And I don't expect Pettis to have success. But one of these days, whether it's Floyd or anybody, a boxer lingering too long and fighting MMA guys in what's seemingly an easy payday, you're going to F around and find out, aren't you? Event inevitably, eventually? Yeah. But he was getting knocked out in places like Russia, Roy was. Right. At least then he was actually trying to like climb the cruiserweight ladder to get a title shot and he was and he was getting served by by certain guys in that run. But then he'd bounce back and win six in a row against literally, you know, nobodies. But at least they're pro boxers. I mean, this yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Let's be very kind of gross. Like I but 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 if you told me, hey BC, you're gonna get if you could tune into the stream, or I don't know if there's a pay-per-view, I don't know what it is. But dude, Jacques Ray boxing. This is what I'm trying to tell what you. What the fuck is no, that? No, let me get it out of my mouth. I actually don't hate Aldo versus Stevens in a rematch of what was a fun MMA fight. I hate that one. I don't hate Vitor versus Jacare. I it's, hate that it's, one. If they're going to do it anyway, I'd rather have them box each other is what I'm saying, right? You don't want Vitor going in there against, like— Dude, Jacare is like—I don't—I don't—it's like—I <laughs> just don't get it other than— uh, it's slop. It's meant to be slop, yeah. but there's a little bit of royalty in the slop, and, I, and I'm, I'm here for part of it. All right. Let's get to some other topics here uh, and move along with the show if we can. BC, topic number four. I saw this tweet recently from uh, a gentleman on Twitter. John, didn't John Jones retweet it, quote tweet it? I think he did quote tweet it. Let's put the tweet up, and then I'll use that as a way to introduce the topic if we can. I'll call his tweet uh, up. Let's see. Are we going to put it on the screen so we can read it? Yeah. So Bo Hightower is, uh, he, by the way, he's got like millions of followers or subscribers on YouTube as like a, uh, like a, I think he does like chiropractic. He did some chiropractic work on me. And, you know, I don't know what the science is behind chiropractic work in the, the fuller body of everything, but I will say it was very beneficial for me. Okay, either way, here, neither here nor there. He writes, John Jones should get reparations. By the way, I think he should have picked a different word than <laughs> reparations. That's just me thinking out loud, you know, black athlete and all. But okay, uh, for his USADA suspensions, given the science change, to put in quotations, and now tests under 100 picograms per milliliter are not positive anymore. This is true as of 2019, I believe. None of his positive tests would be, a, would be positive under the current rules. That is true. His no contest against DC should be restored to a win. Now, I'm not going to read my own tweet, but I'll give you the point that I wanted to make, which was people want anti-doping to be expressly and uniformly punitive in nature, just cops with the nightsticks. But any kind of system that is to be taken seriously and to have trust built into it has to have the capacity for revision. Sure. So, BC, let me just ask you the open-ended way. Given this information and this sort of a way of thinking about it, are you at all sympathetic to the case of John Jones getting his no contest over DC cleared, or I should say overturned to a win, now that if he was being tested today, none of that stuff would have ever uh, come up. He would never have been flagged. It would have all been straightforward as it had been under more ideal conditions. Now you're asking my personal opinion. No, yeah. I'm asking your professional opinion. Actually, what well, how about both? Because they are aligned in some ways. All right. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, John doesn't have a lot of leash in, in many categories in terms of leverage, in terms of you know money in the bank in the court of public opinion. But if the rules have changed and retroactively, I guess it's weird. It, 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 it does come down at the end of the day to how you view it. And I've been very honest in, in hearing your takes have kind of gotten me over whatever hump I was on and straddling the fence regarding uh, doping and stuff. Look, I never really looked at that second fight with that major asterisk. Like I did because I know it was changed to a no contest and I know the fallout and, you know, the UFC 200 fight falling apart and John's 
history in that regard. But not only am I of a foundational belief now that in some way everybody's using the best that they can do or the best they can afford and all that, but I watched that fight. It was a great fight. I, I, I don't. I don't. Know, I don't. I don't think you can just erase that from your memory. And I never did. Mm. I, okay, maybe you can say officially it's a no contest. But to me, I've seen them fight twice, and John beat him twice in that regard. So you know, I'm not. Um, it doesn't change me a ton. But if the if the science has changed and the testing results have changed, yeah, I'm okay. I'm also okay with not having a loss on John's record from the Matt Hamill fight. Like if you, you can retroactively clean things up. I'm not against that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would say I actually do support it. Um, not because I have any soft spot for any one particular person in this uh, scenario, but because fair is supposed to be fair, right? If we are going to, and I realize these are very different systems unaffiliated with one another, but if we're going to be in the place like the Olympics where medals are then awarded later on um, when you find out, oh, this person cheated and, and uh, therefore they're no longer eligible. That moves this person up the line. Same and, oh, thing oh. with NCAA basketball. They'll just yeah. strip championships from ever happening because Chris Weber took money or something. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, and so if we're going to do that, if we're going to then say later on, oh, we have better science, now we can say this person didn't win and then they did. If you actually have better science, in this particular case, better methodology, and by the way, John was not the only one that was affected by this pulsing issue. It was enough of an issue among many sports that they, the, the sort of, to the point that Bo Hightower, the science has changed on this. If you're going to then retroactively award people and penalize other ones, when you have this new methodology that you say is much more um, factually based and the ones that you used to operate under are no longer scientifically valid, the system has to cut both ways. You can't retroactively award medals if you won't retroactively uh, award somebody uh, a win when it should not be lost based on faulty methodology. If your methodology was based on things that are no longer scientifically accurate, the the penalty no longer has life. It no longer has justification continuing yeah. it. People think of it like it's a one-time thing, like, oh, I the, the commission overturned it on that day to the no contest, but it actually is a remaining punishment. It is on the records forever until something happens as a no contest. If you're actually going to say this is no longer a scientifically valid process by which to figure out if someone is is doping and he suffered from that, give him his W. Yeah. Give him his W. That seems very reasonable to me. Well, what do you think about this John Jones quote? This is interesting. This tweet. Excuse no, okay, me. Okay. I'm glad you brought – go ahead. Yes. John Jones tweeted out, and really in response to this, because he had retweeted the the subtweet that Luke had up there that you quote tweeted. John said, I feel officially cleared. There will be no asterisk next to any of my performances. It's good the rest of the world can see what I've known this whole time. My only advantage over my competition has been pure hard work. Right. And tweet. So two major objections to what I said. The two major ones that I've been receiving are one, People are like, well, Nick Diaz would be a much more sympathetic character if you want to reaward wins that sure. should not have been taken away. And my answer to that is, well, sure. Like, I'm not. It's not a finite sum of, you know, uh, exoneration that you can do. Like, well, all, does, all of the this question does be, this does this change exonerate every, you know, drug testing scandal John's ever been attached to? I mean, there's no, been more than that's one. That's my point. So and the, so that's so. so, so one, I was going <clears> to say that. The second one was, I am not actually trying to exonerate John's entire yeah. character. Just the DC win. Just the DC win. That makes right. a very specific claim. My claim is 
the no contest of Daniel Cormier should be overturned to a win based on what we now know. I'm not making any claims about the Clomiphene that ended up in a system that ruined UFC 200. Because what you're really saying is what I'm saying, that we don't believe in the system. So because we don't believe the system was ever truly a fair or perfectly intentioned game to begin with, I always assume people are using, you know, the, even the people that we think are good guys or bad guys because of just how the system works, right. that I'm not going to clear you of any wrongdoing. I'm just saying essentially that I can't trust the system enough. So in that regard, I've got to just say it's kind of an open Wild West game, whoever can get away with it. I think it's one way to look at it. My view is if someone asked me, has John Jones ever used performance-enhancing drugs, I don't have any evidence to conclude that he did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can make some spec, you can make some informed speculation about what we all know in the press, but I mean, do I have any forensic evidence or something like that? No, I do not. But just based on what I've always believed about the pre prevalence of performance-enhancing drugs in sport, if, if it was true that he was, I would be in no way surprised. And I think if people are suspicious that he has used at various points in his career and who knows what and what timelines. I think you're well within your right to do that if you wanted to. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is if the science that took away a win is no longer any method that they can use to see if someone is doping and they have since changed policy, yeah. shouldn't the W follow? It seems should. to me that it should. It, it seems should. to me that it should. Um, I've, I've brought this up before, but part of John's Teflon legacy and reputation here is that like people want him to be great because he's the greatest we've ever seen. Right. You want to be watching or covering a guy in their prime who just did ridiculous things and you can look back and tell your grandkids one day, you know, I covered him or whatever. Yeah, he sent me to hell, but I covered him. Um, <laughs> do you, like, if he wins this heavyweight championship, is he on a run of of babyface again in the public eye? Yeah. Is there another run of that in him if he stays clean? Can he turn his reputation around completely through yeah, success? People are dying to, uh, I don't know what the word would be. They're dying to angelize him. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, there's a lot of people who will never, like, it's weird, right? Because there will be, there will always be the stain that follows. Like he'll never be able to, I mean, there's been so many of them. There's no way you could ever leave that fully behind. But in the, in the other way, people love winners and they love forgiving winners and they love lionizing them and praising them and doing everything they can to attach themselves to it. And they're ready for John to come back, win this title, and then declare to you his greatness in all ways, not merely as a fighter and everything else. So there would be a way to do that. But like, it was funny, I was watching this MMA on point, uh, like recitation of all the things he had done wrong. Uh, Is that a Balian piece? Yeah, outside of the oct uh, outside of the octagon, which, which culminated with the shots being fired in Albuquerque in the yeah. drug drive. And, but it didn't even include the stuff in Las Vegas, where which you know un, un, seemed to unravel his personal life. Like it didn't even include that. And like you just the amount of that is staggering. So to answer your question, could that happen? This kind of short-term transformation? Yes. Like dude, does he have to plead with the public to get dude, that? I, I was gonna say, I, I feel like any kind of fuck up is not far behind. But do you remember when Connor kind of went babyface ahead of the Cerrone fight, and some people say it was to cover up other yes. accusations behind yes. the scenes, and he was suddenly like. I mean, he was nice to Donald during the whole build. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? He was like a gentleman suddenly. I mean, it was almost like he was working to earn back the love. John's never really been that guy. There have been some moments that people think have been faked by him of like sort of faking that he's, you know, learned his lesson. He's come back. I always kind of like when John's just authentic, when he's just sort of like, fuck it, man. I'm a, I'm a, I am who I am. I'm a, you know, if I'm a villain to you, then I'm a villain. Do you think he tries to win them back or he just lets success take him? Uh, yeah. I mean, I it mean, doesn't matter, but it does matter when we're talking about one of the biggest stars or the greatest fighter this sports. I ever mean, I, I don't know if like, <clears throat> I mean, I, I can't speak about John in any kind of way other than as a, a observer from far away. I don't know how much he wants adoration. 
I don't know how day to day that's a thing for him, but it is obviously quite true based on the things he says and even tweets about or whatever. He does want his credit. Yeah, he definitely wants his credit because that was taken away, rightfully so, with all the right. with all the drugs. And also, like with Habib's greatness, there were some questions about you know, who's the greatest of all time. Certainly, in the mind of the public consciousness, and I think he definitely wants to change that. The love, I don't know what kind of relationship. But years ago, I would have said he desperately wants to be adored. But now, I think it's more of like just give me the credit that I feel. He feels like he's entitled. To. <clears throat> People want to be around greatness. That's why we forgive T Tiger for what he did to all those women, right? Forgive no, him? No. I'm, not, I'm not married to him. Why do I have to give him for banging all those broads? <laughs> I guess I worded that incorrectly. It's like, <clears throat> what did he do to me? It's not, it's not like I was competing with him. Uh, you know, those were that was, was, you know, that was his land to plant a flag in. Uh, well, he planted. All right, last topic, BC. Arnold Allen. We sat down with him yesterday. People seem to love it. Uh, if you've not seen it yet. We did a room service diaries with Arnold Allen in London. It's one of the best ones we've ever done. Um, but BC, we have a couple things here. Leon Edwards has praised Arnold Allen as he believes who's likely to be the next UK champ. Edwards was on the Believe You Me podcast and said, quote, I'd probably say Arnold Allen. He's in my gym. I see how good he is. I see how he works. And on a what, nine, ten fight win streak? I think something like that, yeah. Same as me. I'd probably go with Arnold, yeah, because he's good, man. Uh, BC, we have some quotes here from the Arnold Allen interview. Do you yeah, want to set these up? we should to them, yeah. Uh, we actually asked him about drawing inspiration from Leon Edwards, right, their teammates. Um, this is what he had to say. Keep working, All right, we've right? had breakthrough moments. We've been lucky the last, like, year and a half as UFC fans, like Juliana Pena, Jamal Hill, Poetan, Leon Edwards, where someone went from, you know, contender to, like, breakthrough world champion in an emotional way. When I watch that, I get inspired about my own life. It's like the human spirit watching it break out. Mm. What do you feel when you watch Leon Edwards head kick in round five, when you watch yeah. Jamal Hill become the new champion? Because like you could close this calendar year with that exact same mm. thing happening. Yeah, I was going nuts when Leon got that, to be fair. <laughs> I was up at like four in the morning just screaming at the TV. But um, yeah, it's, uh, especially with someone like you know personally, you've trained with him, you, you see him achieve what your dreams are and like it just makes it more attainable you know like like i was saying coming from like a a small village small town the first time anyone remotely close to our area got to the ufc it was like oh shit like that can be done you know dude i feel like Mo mowgli mowgli yeah. yeah he could hang with us i mean he's mk approved mowgli the former uh president of brazil I'm short on that history. Um, I went back, by the way, on Arnold Allen's uh, YouTube account after he told regaled us with so many incredible stories about his strong man, steroid love, and dad pace. Mm -hmm. Pacer, little, pacer, pace. No pace. <clears throat> pacer. Well, it could be both. It could be short for that. Yeah. It's pacer. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there's a history of them like lifting together and talking about roids on Arnold Allen's uh, YouTube account. It's hilarious, man. We yeah. got we have to get that guy RSD, all right? Yeah, they're they're quite the character. Um, let's see, it means to be champion Kirby story. That one, that one. You got to run that one. Uh, oh, you want to set this one up? The oh, when the uh, dad so, beat the neighbor's ass, they played a. Stupid I mean, don't game get you know you can give the spoiler alert, right? All right. Yeah, just, you're like here's where I'm about to you know. All right, let's just throw it away. Luke gave you the Kirby right there. Yeah. Kirby. But yeah, so this. We play. There's this game we used to play. I don't know if you do in America. We call it Kirby. So in the street, yeah, like we don't have Kirby. All right. So there's two like a in a road. You have a curb this side and a curb that side, right? Yeah. So one guy stands on one side of the other. It's guy. gonna end like American Slums. History X, or is this, yeah. where is the story going? No, 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 it's not like that. So you have a ball and you basically have to hit the curb, 
and the ball bounces back to you. That's how you. That's a point, right? Yeah. So you hit the curve. So that's creative. That's Kirby, yeah. yeah. Kirby. So then if you hit the curve, you get a shot from the middle. That's that's a Kirby. But I was playing Kirby in the street, and my ball kept bouncing, and uh, it hit this guy's window. And I was like, oh, sorry. And he came out and took my ball, and uh, and just kept it. Yeah, I tried to grab it, and he he slapped me. Like he hit this guy, hit me. A neighbor. Yeah, yeah, and he hit me, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, you're fucked. <laughs> I was like, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad happens to uh, feast on no, fools like you. Yes. It was more like I knew. I was like, "Oh, you idiot!" I like I felt bad for. Him. I was like, "I had to go tell him because my ear was all red. Like was, my face was all red here when this guy slapped me." I went home. My dad's like, "What happened?" I was like, "Go around the corner, hit me." He's like, "Right." And where have you practicing MMA? Like he wanted to try his moves out. <laughs> so he scored like a. I think he scored like a double leg on him. And like ground and pounded him a bit. And I was just like, what the fuck? And you watched your dad <laughs> yeah. beat up Nate. Stand on the street corner, played Kirby with this guy, took him yeah. right down and just started. And I just stood there like. His dad is the kids in uh, Step Brothers who made Will Ferrell eat the dog poop. <laughs> so yeah. dog. And I, uh, I took my ball back. I was like, told you. <laughs> So, boy, you must have had an awkward Halloween every yeah. year, huh? <laughs> Dude, is that the best explanation ever to, like, what fuels your confidence to be able to do this for yeah, a so He's did, like, yeah, 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 dad beat the fuck out of the neighbors when they got <laughs> sideways with me. There you go. I, lo- I love that. I love but that. His dad beat up the neighbors. My dad <laughs> gave him Roy Rogers coupon. <laughs> Pacer Allen is a is a is a hero, Luke. But uh, yeah, I still can't get over Arnold it. Allen's hilarious, man. Um, I, I didn't see that coming out of him. You know, I haven't he's followed great. his interview career. I know people say Ariel's been getting him to open up for years, but like he showed us who he really was. And um, welcome Arnold Allen to uh, the, the lexicon of MK because uh, he belonged there, Luke. And yeah. I think people will see that with Paul Craig and M- MV Pizzle. Those are co- to come, to come. All right? Or Michael Page. I mean, we do that the normal way. MV Pizzle. I think Michael Page likes us. I think so. He did. Actually, he was. He did yeah. like us, I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. Could I look more like an oaf in that fucking chair, by the way? Just to, just that, uh, that was That set was sexy, right? It was, the set looked good. I looked like the, the, the fucking Yeti that tries to eat Luke Skywalker. I mean, that's in, inevitable. Luke, you got to just, you got to come to terms with five. it. You got to embrace it. God, every time right. I see myself, I'm like, dude, who, what, oh, good Lord. Just would a, you, what would Just you, a fucking oaf. Okay, I know we have a bet, okay, bet Fridays, um, and you know, we're doing the concert thing. Mm-hmm. Would we, you be willing to sub in if I win this? Or maybe do I have to go double or nothing to try to win this? The idea that I dye your hair one time. What would you, what color would you dye? I wouldn't hair? dye it like anything stupid, or I would dye it, you know, like brown. If, you if the answer is green, then the answer. No, no, nothing stupid. Brown or black or some, some something restorative. Some cro- something restorative, yes. But I have to physically do it with, with the gloves on. We'll get, you know, we'll, Get okay. I'm not gonna say if you here. win, but like you'd have to do something special, like because I think I'd be open to the idea if you did really well. But I'm so confident you're gonna bomb. All right, out maybe this. I'll forget my hands. Maybe we bring in. Maybe we bring a neon Dion, Manich's barber, and then we have him do it, Luke. We have. Him. I don't know why people are very obsessed with my appearance in ways I don't understand. Because they want you to look in the mirror restored and go, "Oh shit, I'm, I could be that badass." But what they don't understand is it doesn't matter what I look like. I'm just gonna think it's awful. So there's nothing you can do. You okay. could be our hero, baby. Baby, right? You know what I mean? All right, it's time for uh, BC's feces or what? No, no. Every Wednesday we open up the uh, email hole of uh, Morning Combat right, at that's Gmail. That's a way to describe it. Dot com. Uh, Mikey Mormile is waiting at the other end of that tunnel. You can send in your artwork, pictures of you in tight T-shirts and very MK-like locales. Like, remember when they showed up at Big Chicken in Marietta, Luke? Yes. People want us to do a live show in Marietta. Bronsteader said if we go to Toronto, we'll sell out. I'm not going back to Marietta. 
ever, ever again. I'll, 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 look, look, put the camera on me. Look at me. Oh, boy. Here we go. Ready? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm never going back to Marietta. Okay. Ever. All right. Not once. Not once. I'll never go back the rest of my life. Sorry, Russell. Not happening. Uh, Elvis, take that. So, Luke, uh, Bronstetter said that we could sell out theaters in Toronto if we wanted to. Canadians are nice. Would we be surprised or would A be? I mean, you know, like would they would the would the fight fans follow? I will us? tell you that if no, I would just look I look at who our audience where it comes from. Our biggest markets are but this is true. So it's US, obviously, Canada, UK. Believe it or not, Norway is big in the oh, MK shit. universe. Norway is a huge um, audience for us, which is just bizarre. Yeah, wow. it's really bizarre, but it's true. I'm more Baltic myself, but I look at them. Obviously, as Australia, New Zealand's a big one. I don't know if I said it already, but um, yeah. But so the answer is anything in that orbit. Like, dude, we could we could go to Oslo and just fucking Tui bang. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Tui. Okay. I'm, I'm saying the city yeah. of Oslo. What about Medellin? Dude, I don't, get, I don't get any respect. On the beach? Dude, the Colombians don't give a fuck about your boy. I mean, my my my, my wife's family is very nice. The rest of them, they don't give a shit about me. So, what are you gonna do? Yo, do you? What are the? Okay, this would be. This is a. This is a uh, a very meta request from me, but you know me. Mm. Room service diaries, Uncle Pepe. It, it'll never happen. I mean, it doesn't have to be formal with the couch. It'll, it'll never but happen. But, like, we could be at your house, and we could be drinking, and Pepe could be there. It'll never happen. And we'll be like, we could put it on Patreon, on the Only Pipes, <laughs> where, where fans could pay a certain amount of, on the Super Chat and Smells Fingers or something like weird like that. Okay, we're not doing this all anymore. Right, right, the conversation right, has since moved right, on. Okay, fan submissions. We've got male viewers. viewers. All right, there you You've go. You've got male viewers. Uh, let's start off with Mitch K. Could I mouth breathe more through the show? From Vancouver Island, Canada. Screw that. Screw rate that tat. We have to start a new segment called Rate That Tank. Here is the first submission. I am the first official tonk. I've never been a fish guy. A t he called himself a tonk, a, which is a tank donk. My wife got a giggle out of Luke's rant on middle-aged men in fish tanks. Thanks for the content. <laughs> it's Mitch. What do you think of Mitch's setup here? Dude, there's two kinds of people who get fish tanks, right? Or maybe three. One is like the people who get very, very modestly in like offices and stuff. Yeah. You know? Two is like someone who actually has like a life next to like the marine world. Where or, does Jay Aaron fit in this list? <laughs> or 40-year-old white male losers. That You're not is, putting Brendan Schaub and Jay Aaron in that category, are you? Listen. Brendan is murdering these fish accidentally, Luke. These expensive fish? Accidentally, these expensive fish. Okay, I really hope that's not true. But either way, uh, I, I, I actually am like, I love, I actually love seeing aquariums, but I feel like, okay, I put people who have aquariums, if you're not a 12-year-old, like, doofus or something, like on the science club, as like the people who have, like, tarantulas, and, the, and I'll say this, for people, like, here's one thing I'll say about people who have fish tanks and shit, they're higher than the people who keep snakes. Like, if you keep snakes, you're a fucking yeah. loser. <laughs> yeah, you live alone. Right? You, you live alone. Yeah. You've never made a sexual partner ever reach oh, climax. Wow. Not okay. once in your life. At least not in a felony situation, right? Yeah. <laughs> never once in your life has the other person been like, great job. It's yeah. never happened. I mean, look, you know, but there's still time for these people to turn their lives around if they just get rid of those damn snakes. You've right? never gone to someone's house who had snakes and been like, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. Okay. Yeah, that's, ne that's never happened. Jay Aaron just throws himself at things, you know? Well, he was getting eels and shit. Yeah. And I then mean, what up, the fuck is that? But would you, do you give him credit for the dedication to the craft of the YouTube videos that he's putting up where he implements humor and like, like, you know, alternate shooting? And I wish his 
Tesla would self-destruct. Okay, all right. Thank you, Mitch, from Vancouver for setting in your fish tank. Oh, any comments about Mitch in general as a human? He is married, so that he's... he's. Uh, yeah, once I you mean, become married, can you just give up? That's what you've Well, done? I'll say this. His fish tank is nice, but relative to some of the crazy ones I've seen, relatively modest, I feel like. All right. A relatively modest one. I can look the other way, even though I know you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> oh, my God. Weirdo. Let's go to Zach. Hey, guys, thank you so much for all the content. I'm a journeyman plumber oh, from Oregon. Breathe. And journeyman plumber from Oregon. Okay. And I love listening to you while at work. Thank you for giving me so many great points to regurgitate so I look like I know MMA better from any of my, from all my buddies. You should listen to Luke's takes, not mine. A few guys from Precision, Precision Plumbing went down to Inglewood this weekend, and they had a blast. They also met Ali Abdelaziz. He gave me the most limp hand, limp dick handshake of all time. Mike Beltran. Uh, Luke mentioned on his post-fight about the quiet crowd, the production in the stadium was very lacking, and they barely announced the fighters, and there wasn't any pomp leading into the fight. Is this normal? Uh, I've been blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's our guy, Luke. I, wanna, I want you to focus more on um, how he looks in that schmedium and his tattoo game rather, rather than uh, – do we even sell that shirt? I don't recall. I don't know. Did he steal it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't comment on on the strength of Ali's handshake. I can only take his word for it. Ali's either. in good shape. He's Ali good. can take people down. Yeah, Ali's in can... good shape. Uh, <clears throat> so was Mike Beltran, by the way. Um, Beltran. Um, Do you think Mike Beltran has shut down an airplane restroom before? 100. <laughs> 100%. Would he run from sharing that story like Big John did that time in, in that uh, no, hotel? No, you room? didn't. You, you didn't ask him about a hotel or an airplane. You asked him about the city of Tokyo. Did you shut down the city of Tokyo with a Godzilla-like? <laughs> yeah, it's a fair thought, right? <laughs> John's a big man, right? You know, he's he's, he's been there a lot. All right. Um, any comments on Zach right there? At the he seemed uh, he seemed nice. He's a journeyman plumber from Oregon, and that's yeah. those are our types of people. Apprentice. Okay. He's an apprentice. Yeah. Of some kind. Let's go to Caesar. Has anyone ever told BC that he looks like a very washed Rob Deerdeck? Here's a few photos to reference here. Um. I mean, I do have like a little old white guy trying to stay young, like like these rest of these kids vibe. I mean, it looks like he's wearing the the green bomber. Dude, what jacket no one tells you about forty is you get to a spot where it's like, I don't know how to dress myself. So anymore. my my wife and kids make fun of the way I dress constantly. But the thing is, like, I never dress cool, but now <clears> I really have like no fucking idea what to do. I mean, I'm dressing somewhere in the middle of what I think is cool what is comfortable, and sometimes what is flamboyantly comedic because I, I have that side of my game and I just mesh, mesh those together. It's just, The outcome is usually sad, but I'm okay with it. It feels good on yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I would say the resemblance is modest. I don't really think so. What, what show, was that Ridiculousness? Something like that, or yeah. uh, Robin Black, or wasn't he Big Black, this guy? He died? Robin Big. Robin Big. <laughs> Robin Black. Okay. All right. I just made it racial for no yeah. <laughs> Robin the Black Eye. Yeah. Extra. That's only star how they know him. Yeah, that's okay. Let's go to Anthony. I don't know which Anthony this is, but he's it's not little Anthony, right? Uh, oh, they made something here. Hope you guys are going are doing well. A few things that inspired this 13-hour piece of digital art. Jesus. Discovering the currently streaming 1936 Flash Gordon serials. So here's what I don't understand. Here's, it's you, me, and Shab, and Francis, and I think Rose. It's oh, He's saying it right here. It's Brian as Flash Gordon, Luke as Prince Thun of the Lion Man. I look like who is Saruman. The true Chewbacca. I look like fucking Saruman. Brendan Schaub is Voltan of the Birdmen. How did he get to be Voltan? I gotta, I gotta look like a fucking homeless. I look like Karl Marx. Like, and your valid 
criticism of the UFC's handling of Francis's exit and having recently gone to a Banksy land exhibition in San Diego. So this is how Anthony was inspired to put this together. I'm, Luke, this is pretty awesome. It's interesting. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit sad about the... Is that a Zeppelin going down in the background? Seems that way. Like that, the Hindenburg right there? Is that there the inevitable future of our broadcasting careers together, 100%. Luke? 100%. What will implode? The ship itself or you and I first? The ship. You think you and I are, are, are like compatible enough to go the distance? I can go the distance. I can. Huh, huh, huh. Um, okay, I guess you're going for speed, Luke. Let's go over to Jonathan. Old habits die hard, he says. This has to be vape related, right? <laughs> if you're feeling bad about your life, just look at this guy taking a sunset beach pick of the vape. Trust me, you're doing just fine. <laughs> That's golden hour, Luke. Okay, there it is. Is yep. that supposed to be me taking the picture of the vape? Yes, during golden hour to post on your IG. Yeah, it's I don't I haven't vaped hardly at all, but uh yeah, that is pathetic. It's still in you though. It's still is it on you right now? Is it in your pocket? It is not. Oh, I like that. I don't think this jacket's ever been empty without a vape in the pocket. True. Uh, let's go to Paul. Hello, MK team. After heeding Luke's multiple tips on taking care of your body while young, I healed a severe rotator cuff How sprain. How the fuck did that get a laugh? Uh, I healed a severe rotator cuff sprain and then won the gold and silver in the no gi and gi brackets at local grappling tournament. Are they putting a hand over someone's mouth? He was 175 pounds and plus, the heavy, the heavy open weight blue belt. In my collage picture, I'm celebrating with my beautiful, brilliant Latina girlfriend who also listens to MK. Wow. One of my coaches in the upper right and teammates in various highlights from my rounds. The last time I shared my highlights, I was dead wronged on my grips. So here's a close-up of me when it fixed during an Americana submission win, thumb on top. I don't know what this is, Luke. The best so of all, you, this is so. If I seriously, if I show you this grip, if I grip with my thumb, I have sweaty it, palms. Though you can do this to press. Yes, you can do this to press. But if you're actually doing like a kimura, you would actually have the hand on top like this. Thank you. Thumb underneath. Thank you for that. Um, the best of all is my close up with MK proudly on my chest. My next goals is my uh, are winning striking tournaments and smokers while cutting more body fat so I can finally build enough consistent health and rapport for an amateur debut of MMA at 185 or 205. He's six foot three, Luke. Mm. He says, I propose and challenge our MK fan base to submit more competition entries yeah. for an unofficial Donk Hammer of the Month. You can count it's not on. Not a bad idea, actually. You can count me in. Much love. It's Paul from Texas. We have Christian, right? Yes. Christian, who, wrote who me recently, I believe, who won an MMA uh, amateur, amateur fight mm -hmm. with MK on his dong, dude. dude. I actually love that idea. Can we steal that? Thank you. All right, we've stolen it officially. So we're doing our Donk Hammer of the Month. We're going to bring that back and send. Are we going to send a a thing in the mail to a to a? Maybe we'll treat it like a verification <laughs> system, like Elon Musk, and they can just pay us for it. So do we? Do you think we have enough donks in the wild to who train or or do something in this area where they could you know? Box? MMA and jujitsu, less so MMA, but certainly jujitsu is always mostly a participatory sport. Like if people watch MMA, they probably there's a lot of them who are going to train jujitsu. It's just a very significant overlap. Do you appreciate Paul repping MK during? I his do. Thank here? you. That was great. He's an American hero. That guy. All right, let's go over to Saul. Oh, Mikey's texting me. This must be important, Luke. Is he? Is he texting just you or you and me? No, no, that's fine. It's not that important. Let's go to Saul. Um, look, this is Saul, the real Saul. You know this guy, right? A very happy Valentine's Day to everyone. 
The wife and I kept it low-key this year and had drinks at our local watering hole, Toasty's Tavern. Wow, it sounds like the Regal Beagle, right? Yeah. We had cinnamon toasty crunch shots, very strong. V1 merch showing its age and still looking great. MK all day. Luke, Saul, Saul? Saul. He's like an OG in these parts when it comes to fan subs. Yeah. I, mistake, I mistook him for a little Anthony that time, and I apologize. What would it take for you to drink at this place? To, uh, what's it called? Aside from sadness and depression. Toasty's Tavern. Where do you think Saul lives? Where do you think? <laughs> Let's Google that. Where does Saul live? Uh, oh, Toasty's Tavern. Great, great call. Great sleuth work. Uh, work. Kentucky. All right, Saul. All right. Wow. I would. Imagine if we did a live show from Toasty's Tavern and we sold that bitch out. If I lived in Kentucky, I'd just burn my shit and walk. Just, just <laughs> catch the first bus out of town. Just go. All right. Uh, just, just torch the place and collect insurance money. You know what time it is? Hmm. It's Jay Paquette time. You oh know that God. guy. This guy's. Are you turning on, on Mount Unike's finest? Are you turning on him? He's slowly? just a little caffeinated. All right. He says, uh, good day, MK Nation. With the outstanding MK London live show behind us, our merch master extraordinaire, RJ Donkey Gangbang, has teamed up with one of our favorite donks for some limited edition London live merch. Get it while supplies last. This is JP. Let's see it. Appy right. was there. Appy was there. Yeah. <laughs> Who I'm told may have taken a drunk nap in the middle of the show. I can neither confirm nor deny this, but I definitely heard this. We have we have uh, merch in general and specific <laughs> merch around this London trip. Of course, you can go to morningcombat.store. You got to meet Appy in person, and he was like, you know that saying, three sheets to the wind? <laughs> He had all the sheets and all the beds in London to the wind, and he had the MK underwear on the outside of his pants with the he picture did. of your face on his a-hole. Your thoughts to meeting Appy? <laughs> we have we have merch in general and specific <laughs> merch around this London trip. Of course, you can go to morningcombat.store. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. <laughs> Dude, Appy was. <laughs> Appy was drunk as shit. Dude, yes. that dude was hammer yes. time. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, I he, mean, he lost several IQ points with the amount of beer he was drinking. He was all in. Uh, who would you feel more safe to drive you across country, three thousand miles in a car, Appy or Jay Paquette? Jay, Jay. Appy would be a handful, but he'd entertain you, right? Oh, dude, dude, he could play the good guitar a little bit. Yeah, but he. Dude, he's, I mean, he's the kind of guy who, like, won't tell you and he'll just go hire hookers. Then he would be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you hiring hookers? You have a good story in that category, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, by the way, I still have one story. There's one story that I've never told anywhere that is, like, the story to end all. I can't, I'm not doing any false bit. Like, I have one story that anyone in my Marine Corps unit at the time would be able to tell you. Well, if you're ever down on your luck enough where you're considering showing your butthole on OnlyPipes... It's 250K on the sub. I would say show this show this video story. 250K on the sub. You'll get a whopper. We got one more fan sub from Alan W., whose name deserves a little bit of respect in these parts, right? MK in the GTA universe. For Luke, me gustan los traseros... Could you read this Spanish right here? Me gustan los traseros grandes y no puedo mentir. Another movie cover meme. Um, look, this is this is pretty brilliant, right? Yeah. Uh, wait, go back. Wait, wait, go, go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Is I actually that... do not know what the word traseros means. Um, I think it means I like big butts and I cannot lie, but I'm not sure. Look at that picture of you top right. That's gr- or in the middle, the middle on the right, and then you got Valentina and Joanna top right. 
You and me, is that is that a Drake shot on the bottom right, Luke? I guess. I don't listen to Drake. Um, but that's pretty well done. All right, all right. Um and here's a redux of Alan also, W's first. The man who invented yoga pants or the woman, just a genius. Uh a perpetual state of insanity from the I can't Minds remember. of Morning Combat. Minds of Morning Combat. It's called Us. All right, it's a little, it's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. A little uh, creepy Alan W. All right. Uh what else we got here from Alan? He's got a few more. Uh, this is the the mega power. Uh, is that what they called the the Macho Man yes. Hulk Hogan Alliance? They were a fame. This is the greatest storyline in pro wrestling history when they were a tag team and then they split up because Mach thought that uh, Hulk was banging Miss Elizabeth and then that led to turns their, out he was just banging Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah, yeah I'm kidding, bro. And then dropping an M bomb. And then Gawker went out of business. Uh, and then you know they had the big match at WrestleMania Five, which does not get any respect. It's not an all time great match, but man, there was intensity with two greats in that one. What a build. Uh, this is a picture of us. Me as the macho man you as uh as Hogan. i think that's apt that's apt no if anyone's dropping the end bomb it's you okay all right in uh in episode 407 at an hour 47 oh what is this luke with no shame said he is back to sucking that robo phallus <laughs> for that nicotine hit and bc went indulging in uk gas station cuisine this is fair game from my art hole this is this is wow. a little much alan good lord okay that is that imagine if you could do that if you could make dong shaped blows if i could you, if i could make dong shape uh like exhalations out of vaping i would do it nonstop. all right what about you and shop going on tour together where he does the comedy and you just stand next to him making like dong balloons with va out of vape <laughs> just that, like, that'd be brilliant right dude imagine like the crossover audience you could build in that regard i don't know how much of an audience there is for don't well dong vaping uh and finally i guess there's one that says vaping is for cl oh there it is oh yeah. that's a great wow. one Oh, wow. Can that be the new... You know how they put the 90s thing on the bottom every time I mention a 90s like alternative rock lyric? Yeah, yeah. Can they put this as the thing on the bottom every time that they catch you vape? Even if the camera's not on you? Well, ask the, ask the crew. Crew, Guys, can we do that? Even if the camera's not on Luke, but you see him vaping, every time he vapes, that thing comes on the air. That'd be brilliant. They said yeah, they, we, we could probably. I did. I'm not a, Long look, Island looks solid. I tell you what. You know, here's how you know they're not going to do that there? because he just said the word probably. And he, it, when he's got the answer to trivia, it's unequivocal. It's blah 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 blah. He gets it exactly right. Yeah, you're hey, right. Hey, can you do this extra thing? Yeah, that was very like it's very Jay Aaron of him. Like, well, man, well, um, yeah, we could probably make that happen. I think we have know. one more from L and W. Uh, Don Vito Cambaglione, the Donk Father, is the last uh, fan sub here from L and W. Hey, could my face be darker today? Um. The donk father. Well, Luke, I do have. Uh, I do. Wait, wait, wait. Well, where's the donk? What is father? the? What do you think about this piece of art here from Alan W? Okay, this is. There we go. There we go. You know, it. it That's it, supposed to be you. Yeah, like you know, as a puppeteer, you're just a marionetta in my in my in my uh, saga, in my play, Luke, my documentary series. I did request your documentary. Did, did I not request Jake here today with camera? I requested him. You did. Yes. You did. Yeah. What I, you know what? I, I wanted to say this, too. We've been talking about it um, when we were kids. Uh, text message. We, we have said that the loser of OK Bet has to go to the other person's concert. But I have to tell you, I really want to have a situation where if you lose and we're in studio, you have to wear L.A. gear. <laughs> you mean the, the sneakers I had to wear in seventh grade when, when my family was down on its luck and I couldn't afford good shoes and I got beat up and, and judged because I didn't have Jordans look or, or Reebok pumps? I had to go... LA gears with the license plate <laughs> tag coming off of the damn shoelaces. 
Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I kind of want to do that. I don't know if there's a way to shoehorn that in, but. Uh, as long as you're willing to dye your hair if you lose, Luke, I'm okay with that. All right? As a side bet? It's yeah. not a bad side bet. A little bet. side bet, a little double down, a little double. Uh, I'm going to do some looking to see. What's your, what's your shoe size? 11 and a half. 11 and a half. I'm going to see if I can find some 11 and a half LA gears on the old eBay. Thank you. See what we can Thank do. You. I don't want anybody. We can't be cutting corners or costs here, Luke. Okay, no more LA gears, all right? I guess. How much could they cost? How much does a pair of LA gear cost? Let's I don't see. think they're still around, Luke. Yeah, you can get them on eBay. Oh, you mean like throwbacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, dude, they're cheap. Well, they were cheap back then. That's why I had to wear them, okay? <laughs> I mean, they were like $28 back then, you know? Bro, you can get some LA gears. Look at these. Oh, man, these <sighs> Those are decent LA gears. Those 90 don't bucks, suck. 90 bucks, yeah, 1990. Uh, morningcombat at gmail.com is the email address. Luke, well, how would you grade this week's fan subs? Uh, mostly just people sending in their selfies. Not that great. Uh, Alan at the end was great. JP too. Yeah. yeah okay. JP was pretty good. So there's All two right. people who did their job. Uh, thank you. Mikey will be there for your fan subs on Wednesdays. You're dead wrongs on Fridays. And a reminder, Monday we do DMs from donks. That's solicited through social media on our Morning Combat Twitter and Instagram pages. If you want to join that section of the show. Uh, but that's about it. Look, we are going to be using this studio to great detail today with the one and only. I'm just listening to the camera guy. Crack his back. Um, I don't <laughs> Live know. on air. Uh, La Laird Charles Mendenhall the fourth. What's his What's his What's his real name? Isn't it like Thur uh, Billy Williams? Isn't it like Thurgood Marshall Charles Mendenhall the fourth or something like that? No, it was more like it's like something royalty. Thomas Greek. Jefferson. Yeah, Chuck yeah. Mendenhall. Why aren't you like like uh, what's your real name? It's very presidential. Franklin. Yeah, Luke Franklin Thomas. That's very pres. That's like Franklin Pierce or some shit. Yeah, you know? it's stupid. I got a stupid name. What are you gonna do? So do you. Do you want to do you want to shout out anybody in the MK universe? This would be your chance. Uh, no, I'm ready to close the show. BC is right. We do have Charles Minute uh, Minute Hall coming here into stu studio. We're going to record a few things with him. Should be fun. I'd like to get him saucy. And uh, Friday we'll be. Oh, we're going to be back here on Saturday. We're doing the prelims <clears throat> together. Yes, that's true. That is true. We'll Showtime Championship Boxing prelims are going to begin at what 7 p.m. Eastern like Saturday that, yeah. uh, on the Showtime Sports YouTube channel. It's LT and BC, we're going to be setting the stage for the main card evening to come, and we're calling a few fights. I don't know which That's ones right. they are yet, but they're probably going to be awesome. This should be good. This should be a lot of fun. This time I have someone to do it with, so it'll be a little bit better. Um, and not just anybody, Luke. And not just anyone. Yeah. Uh, hey, do you see our, our boy Ray Flores is going to is going to be on the announce team for uh, Sunday's Jake Paul Tommy Fury card from Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Ray Flores. I sat next to him on the plane on the on the flight home. How was that? Great. Shout out to Ray Flo. Sweet did you guys baby talk Ray. about his love of Hasbullah? Yeah, we actually did, yes. Yes, yes, we did. I was doing a bit. He has the uh, cardboard cutout in his apartment just like... Yeah, the guys at MMA on point, which I told them to, was just totally disreputable. But uh, they're good guys otherwise. Yeah. So. Uh, reminder, you can catch us on the socials, all that good stuff. I'm not really active on the, on the socials anymore. Not much. You're always much. texting me like, how's socials? I'm like, dude, I don't really tweet stuff out. I've never know? texted you that. You should do it. You're doing skits. You should do it more. Wait, how do you know? How do you know? That one, that one, that one got to my doorstep. No, no, that's a deep cut. How do you know about that? Dude, that okay. That one got to my doorstep. Oh wow, wow. All right. Were you lifted weights in the front yard? Was it easy for them to get get you? No, no. By the way, my wife made me move all my weights out of the front. I had to move them to the back. Yeah. God damn it. That's the queen taking care of her castle. It is. So that's all of everything for us today. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later. We have more interviews coming your way as well. I have Ty Ruotolo. I have Mo Jassim. Your way Cade Ruto, Ruto? Cade's brother, Ty. Interesting. Um, all right, so that's it. For Brian Campbell, for Malka, for CBS Sports and Showtime, I'm Luke Thomas. We'll catch you guys next time. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal. Cash us outside. How about it? How about that? Yeah.